We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to Henry's, guys. <laughs> Presented by uh, Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. I'm Neil. That's Chase. If you don't know us by now today. Uh, God yeah, help you. Yeah, good. You, if you don't know us by now, you just don't care. It does sound like super... Superhero music. I'll change it up next that week. That did for, kind of, didn't it? Dun, for Halloween. Dun, dun, but I kind of like dun. it. It makes me, wakes me up a little bit. Why do we not have anything on TV? That's a hell of a good question. What are we doing? It's been a day, Chase. I know, um, I know, I know, know. It's been a day. I'll, know. I'll, if you'd like to, get the, get the remotes and hand them to me while I pay Where some. Where are they? They're on oh, the, uh, okay. the, the big thing right there. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air. Six six two eight zero one one seven seven seven. If you live in the uh, Oxford area, Tupelo area, go to Comer. Thanks, sir. If you live in the uh, Hernando area, Memphis, DeSoto County, that area, call Southern. Same great products, same service, same people, just different names. Six six two four two nine four four two nine for them. Guests will join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. You know about Rafters. Right there on the square in Oxford. Be a great place to enjoy burger, po' boy, great beer selection, full bar. Full bar. Be the bar would be the big thing right now. It would just be the bar. It would be the bar, yeah. It full would, bar. Full bar. It would just be. Liquor, beer, cocktails, yeah. the works. Whatever you, whatever, whatever you even need. Be the whole, would you like something to eat? I don't really care. Do I have to order something to eat? Yeah. Yeah. Do uh, you know how to get the ESPN on that? Are you looking for yes? Is yeah, there any? I got it right. Okay, good. I was making sure. I, just, I, can, I, was, I mean, just trying to take care of you. The we're Bra- learning. Is the Braves game tonight? Yeah, yeah, they have game five tonight. We'll get it on too. Uh, let's see. Got a lot of content up at um, rebelgrove.com, MPW Digital. Um, meet that before somebody has a fit at YouTube. It's hard to hear though. But YouTube will strike us if they hear any music. Yeah, if they at hear all. just anything at all that's music, it's what I'm almost kind of out. impressed on their ability to find it. Whatever whatever they use to be able to do that is fairly phenomenal. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh let's see. So we got um 
What all do we have on the site? We have our show from earlier today. We talked to Jarrell Poe. We talked to Mike Espy. It's a really good show, if I say so myself. Had some technical issues. It was a bit of a nightmare, but we got through it. You'll never know. Then Zach Barry and I taped a uh, soft verbal, and about 35 minutes into it, power just went completely out. How'd you handle that? You'd have been proud of me. You didn't throw anything? I didn't. I just looked at the screen. I realized the power was out, and I thought, well. There's that. You know, it either will save the file or it won't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and I thought, you know, pardon my language, if there's not a damn thing I can do about it right now. And uh, luckily, it, power came back about 40 minutes later. I just sent. You would rather have gone out then than yeah. three hours later. Yes. I sent Zach a text and I said, look, just. Uh, Tape the rest of your ads, send it to me in an audio file, and I'll make a podcast file, and it'll be what it'll be. By that point, we had already talked about Devin Brown and Jaheim Otis and Arch Manning. We'd done enough. Probably didn't cover it sufficiently, but we did enough. We gave people a recruiting thing, and we'll have – how many words would you guess you'll write for this war room tomorrow? Thousand-ish. So we'll have about 3,000 words of recruiting from me and Chase tomorrow, in addition to a pretty big recruiting content item that uh, Zach put up yesterday. And we got a story from um, Adam Friedman on uh, Davison Igbonison. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That's up. I'm proud of myself that I can say his name already. Um, Let's see, so we have that. Martin Palomo and I taped a uh, Mind on My Money where the power went out on that as well. Oh, it did? It did. It was fun. Um and then, uh, let's see, we did a uh, MPW Digital pregame show. I don't know if you've heard, but uh, LSU's coming to town this weekend. They'll play Ole Miss on Saturday at 2.30 at um, Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. The game will be on uh, CBS. So I talked to uh, Pete DeWeese for about an hour, a little over an hour. I talked to uh, Ryan Brown for about half an hour. Um, the power came back on just in time for me to interview Ryan. Thank God. He was actually really good. He has a... Uh, he has an interesting idea about LSU, where LSU might go for a coach. Oh. It's a name that I had not heard before, but the more he said it, the more I thought that makes some sense. Okay. Um, so anyway, talked to him, talked to uh, Ben Mintz of Barstool Sports, and talked to Jeffrey Wright of 92.9 ESPN in Memphis. So all that's on... Uh, Jeffrey already getting a lot of compliments for his interview, I see on the message board. It was really places. good. It was really good. Jeffrey kind of got emotional for a minute. Yeah. It was really, really good. Um Sports can make you emotional, especially when it involves your dad. Yeah, moments, places, yeah, events. Yeah, it's not stuff. It's it's yeah. It's uh it's people. Jeffrey was really, really good. So I would encourage you to uh, to listen to that. So it was about about three hours there. Pete was terrific. If you want to like Mark says, if you want to learn football, like if you're serious, you want to kind of understand what it is that you're looking at, uh, watch the thing with Pete. That's brought to you by walk ons. If you're in uh, Ridgeland, 720 Highland Colony Parkway, if you're in the Jackson area, go by there this weekend. Please tell them that you heard about uh, walk-ons and you're there because you like us, even if that's a lie. Uh, Do that, and um, they'll be opening in Oxford in um, November. I think they're hoping to be open for the Vanderbilt game. Okay. Um, So, yeah, all that's up on the site. We've got a big, like I said, big war room coming. Um there's some sort of story from Mike Farrell ranking players, and it's about Matt Corral. I don't know. I haven't seen it. If it's inflammatory. He had Matt Corral ranked 11th in the country. 11th. 
There's 10 players better than Matt Corral? Yeah, he had him 11th. Okay, I'll, first of all, Russell Harris, thank you so much. That's very nice. <laughs> Hi, Russell. How you doing, bud? Very nice. Appreciate that. Super chat. That is awesome. Okay. <laughs> I, players better than Matt Corral. Yeah. I'm willing to give you Jordan Davis at Georgia, the defensive lineman. Sure. Okay, I won't fight on that. I mean, yeah. Sure. It's cool. That's fine. I'm fine with that. You having a hard time past that, though? No, I'll give you 31 for Alabama. If you want to go there, I could argue Matt's better than him, but if you wanted to argue he's more valuable, then okay. He's dominant. He dominates games. That's two. I'm pretty sure it was 11. I'm looking in a second, but I'm I'm, I'm fairly certain that's what I saw. It was like 11. Because it was a picture of him. It was a picture of him at 11 and Kobe Dean at 15, and it was like the 11 through 15 thing. I'm pretty sure it was 11. Yeah, I, I I can't come up with ten players that I think are more valuable slash better than Matt. Yeah, Corral. whatever you want to do it. Mid season feral fifty countdown. That is the way I'm. That's what I'm seeing here. Blake says no soccer scores, please. Is that because you don't like soccer, or is that because you are worried about spoilers? Oh, who's playing? Um, I don't know whether he's referring to Ole Miss. Ole Miss is playing Missouri tonight up there. That's right. Yeah, I saw Where that. they typically don't, don't fare very well. Oh, they hadn't played well in Columbia? No. Okay. Is Missouri good? Or are they just one of those places they haven't done well? Hmm. Asking too many questions at this yeah, point? I mean, okay. you, you took the interview <laughs> one question too far. Um, yeah, Bijan Robinson is awesome. I'd rather have Matt Corral. Yeah, uh, the midseason Feral 50, my list of the top 50 players in college football – um, here's 11 through 15. Nicobe Dean at 15. Icom Aquanu, the NC State kid that is pretty good at 14. Okay. Uh, Josh Downs, wide receiver, North Carolina at 13. Desmond Ritter, quarterback, Cincinnati at 12. Okay. And Matt Corral, quarterback, Ole Miss. It's way too low. Corral's not only cut down on turnovers, but he's become an efficient runner as well as as, as well as it's a really bad, really poorly written sentence. Corral has not only cut down turnovers, but he's becoming an efficient runner as well as his stock for the NFL draft continues to soar. Yeah, like he's a candidate to be the first pick. <laughs> so, uh, Ethan, thank you for the super chat. He did link rubbergrove.com under it. Well, that was so, nice. Hey, that, that was, was nice. That was that. Um, People helping people. He says, sorry if this has been asked already. How much of a role could the fact that it, Cooper Manning was not able to play at Ole Miss affect Arch's recruitment? Uh, I mean – I, no. I mean, I guess had Cooper played, there might be a more of a chance, but, I mean, I don't yeah. see it being a huge whatever either way. I mean, the Mannings, if, if you'll notice on Saturday, are pretty synonymous with the school. Yeah. It's going to be all right. I've got uh, a lot on uh, touchdown SMU. Yeah, they're scoring a lot. Uh, yeah, Tulane was playing tonight, so we're Tulane stuff. Um, I've got a it's lot. It's a great uniform game, by yeah, the way. Yeah. The, the SM- fantastic uniform game. Listen, SMU does red, <laughs> blue, and white really well. They do that, that shade of red, white, and blue better than anybody. Yeah, it's fantastic. Because they have a great logo, too. That pony's good. Yeah. The good – the, the yeah. pony works. I like their stripes. It's one of the reasons why – I mean, I actually had this conversation with Gerald Turner, their chancellor, former Ole Miss chancellor, when I talked to him for a story a couple years ago. I wish they had a baseball program just because I think they would knock baseball uniforms out of the park. Oh, they would. I mean, it, it would really work if they had a baseball team. Because you could do the – SMU letters, yeah. and then you could have an alternate with the pony. Yeah. You got a lot of stuff you put up. You could there. do a lot. 
you know, they put Dallas on a lot of on some of their football uniforms. I don't love that. No. They write Dallas across it. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like when Vanderbilt does that. And you go, hold on. Well, they could just. It, I would not mind if they did Dallas, but did the S with as a money sign because that would be more appropriate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> is that back to the Pony Express? Or is that just because they're in Holland Park? What do we? Do? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Both. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think Cooper impacts it. Listen, we. I wrote a lot about Arch. It'll be up in the morning. Um, I'm probably going to let Chase figure out how he wants to format that. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lot on Arch. I mean, a lot. Uh, and I've talked to a lot of people about it. I talked to some people who I gave people the little anonymity. I think Chase has talked to people about Arch. There's stuff in it that you'll really like, and there's stuff in it that you won't like because it's not over at all. And yeah. it's and it's complicated. Yes, Mark, SMU has a lot of money. That is correct. Tons. Yeah. Um, they could afford to have a baseball team if they'd like to have a baseball team. <clears throat> yeah. He said some of the reasons they have nowhere to put the stadium, the way it's landlocked in, and he said that, frankly, their boosters just don't care. It's just football and basketball. There's no, there's no influential push for it. It would be a waste of money in a way. In, in a way... But you're in a good, you're at a conference that does a pretty good job of playing the sport. Is the only kind of oh, it'd be a great job. I mean, they would destroy Dallas Baptist and they would hurt TCU. Now you'd have to figure out how you could copy some of the Vanderbilt stuff. Oh, you'd have to to be Vanderbilt. Yeah, you basically would go holler at Rice and go, "Hey, what do y'all do? All right, we're going to do that." Yeah, we're Dallas Rice now because you'd have to do something because otherwise people would be like, "Hey, I can't. My my son can't afford to come there." Yeah. Uh, Astros Braves World Series will be a ratings disaster if it's the case. I don't think so. I mean, they would rather have Red Sox Dodgers. Sure, but I mean, it'd almost be a little bit of good versus evil because people still hate the Astros, and the Braves haven't been in the World Series since '99. Well, and there are people my generation mm-hmm. who the Braves are a national team. The TBS. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I, grew- I, I I'm a Braves fan because of that. That's how I mean. I know it's the closest. First or second closest place, but still, I mean. Well, I mean, the two teams that I've watched the most in my life are the Cubs and the Braves. Because mm-hmm. the Braves were on every day. I mean, it's synonymous. I, I can tell you about, I'm not a Braves fan, and I can tell you about Braves teams from the 80s. I remember seeing White Sox games on WGN. What was their contract? Like, how many White Sox games did you get? They would do like 60. You'd get all the Cubs games. You get that many White Sox. Okay, yeah. That was a lot. Yeah, you got a lot. Okay. Yeah, you'd watch them enough. Because when I'd get really mad at the Cubs, I'd sort of switch for a week. I just never could make myself go all the way. Yeah, I remember their announcing team from the WGN back in the day a lot. That's kind of what I remember from the White Sox. The Braves are, they do rule the South in a way, but frankly, Mississippi and over a little bit, that's Cardinals country because of getting on the radio and KMX and all that. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, Alabama and and, and Mississippi especially, you're going to siphon off a lot of Cardinals fans in that area more than than Braves. Because Memphis is The older people who aren't watching TBS that listen to KMOX on the radio over the the years. Is that right, KMOX? Yeah, KMOX. Yep. Uh, Blake says, hearing anything out of Southern Miss, will the remaining CUSA teams join Sunbelt? I've had a day, but there was – Brett McMurphy had a good story, and I I skimmed it. I wish I'd read it now, but it was about – this Sunbelt, CUSA, some other league that are like s- deciding which of the stragglers uh, go where. 
But there was a great quote at the end of it, and I don't remember who gave it. This is great pod. But the person said, look, if you're not in the Power Five, it's all just rearranging the chairs on the deck oh, of the really? Titanic. I mean, you're, you're, you're just, we're sure. just putting this off. Everyone knows where this is going. So you being a non-factor in all ways. And Brett referred to it as when, not if, but when the ACC, Big 12, Big 10, SEC, which one am I leaving? Pac-12. Yeah. It's, it's not if, but when they expand again. Because it's absolutely when they expand again. It's not if. The SEC will expand again. And at that point, they'll all pick their teams, and that'll be that moving forward. For at least, at least a while. For a while yeah. yeah. I mean, it took 30 years to give them one to the next. Um, the SEC will absolutely expand again. If you told me that the talks had already started, I would completely buy it. Um, we had a media op with Eli Manning here a little while ago. We'll have something of that on the site here and whatever. I'll probably write something. We'll have a little bit of that in the war room as well. Um, what you would expect, nothing crazy from it. He didn't tell you where Arch was going or he, anything. He, he did not. So I said he told Arch to, you know, enjoy the process, blah, 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 all that kind of, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, he said he's actually never seen him play in person. Really? Mm-hmm. What he said? He's never seen him play in person. Uh, but he's here. A lot of people in town. It is. I know we mentioned on the podcast this morning. Freddie Freeman goes deep two nothing Atlanta here in a potential. And this is the bullpen game clincher. for the Dodgers with Max Freed on the mound for the Braves. I'm going to give you Braves fans a suggestion. Uh huh. You should encourage your front office to just give Freeman a contract and <laughs> go fill, fill it out. out. <laughs> because I got to tell you, that cat is the total package. Yeah, he's something else, isn't he? That cat. Well, that was a that, that was a pitch right across the middle. It was a cement mixer. I mean, but he I, didn't miss it. <laughs> I mean, I hate these uniforms. By the way, though, I hate the navy. Yeah, I, don't I like can't it. stand it. I'd prefer the all gray. Yeah, I, I do not like the navy at all. At least they're wearing it on the road. The Dodgers do have a classic great uniform. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's it's great. Hey, Kentucky, take a page out. Do yeah. that, please. Thanks. Well, he got all of that. Yeah, Eli's life's fine. He was good. He was in a good mood. Just hanging out. He sounded great. You're right, Dave. He was he was good. Um, Why would he possibly be happy? He got out of his NFL career healthy, wealthy as hell. Yes, he still do some stuff with the Giants. Giants he's, employed him. He's ESPN's gave him gives him a gig where he doesn't have to really do very much. Basically, his own show. Just it's all good. He said that he actually would have liked to have done a show with Ole Miss and Tennessee last week, that it started out as a social media joke. However, they did kind of bring it to him a little bit and at least banter it around, but Peyton was out of town. Um, Eli, without saying it, he kind of blamed his brother for it and kind of acted like he would have done it. Had it Eli, been the case. I mean, Peyton didn't want to do it. Yeah, I don't think Peyton would do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but that was that was kind of that. I know somebody will ask that question, what was I asked, and that was how it was so answered. Ginger wants to know how Eli's son's arm is progressing. He's like six, but yeah, sure. Um, well, well. <laughs> and how's are his feet good? Yeah, moving around, doing yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah. Legos <laughs> like a champ. Um, you should see him on the etch a sketch. Yeah, Eli's latest episode of his show. I think he had Jerry Rice yeah. hanging out on the farm, rode on a mule. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what they were doing. I had this earlier. Um, if we needed it this morning on the show, but we didn't. I know people kind of like for these percentages. 
I looked at ESPN's FPI because I was curious. There was it football performance index. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And um, they uh, have them projected to go nine and three on the season. Uh, well, actually, nine point one to two point nine. But uh, they give them a five point two percent chance of winning out. And then uh, their strength of schedule remaining is forty one nationally at this point. So they've got them losing to Auburn. Well, see, that's the only interesting thing. They just kind of have them losing again because they have a couple games, but they're okay. favored in every game remaining except for Auburn. Except Auburn. So they yeah. got them going 10-2, and two, sort of. Sort. It's kind of like when Palm, right. it doesn't match up on, on – no, it's not. It's Ken, yeah, Ken Palm's what it is, not Jerry Palm. It's Ken, Ken Palm's thing for basketball. It'll give an overall record, but that won't necessarily line up with the game-by-game percentages that they expect. So Ole Miss obviously 5-1 and one right now. They gave Ole Miss a 93 game score against Tennessee, where Ole Miss dominated, even though they barely won, they dominated, controlled yeah. the game for the majority of the game. I mean, Lane Kiffin was annoyed by it on Monday. He said, That's the game. You got to figure out how to win by two or three scores and put yeah, it away. It would have sucked to have lost that game. Like the Arkansas game, had they lost it, you'd have been like, Well, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what was the game score on Arkansas. 81. 81. Yeah. And they, because they, they kind of they dominated it to a point. Mm hmm. But well, they like, were always the team going ahead. They, but they, they dominated Tennessee yeah, in a yeah. way that – had Tennessee won, you'd have been like, whoa, boy, that was really a – you really blew that. Mm-hmm. But remaining, just kind of looking at it, they give uh, they give Ole Miss a 71.4% chance of beating LSU on Saturday. My only thing with this, and I don't know that I would have changed my score, but a lot of buzz today that Ben Brown is likely not playing, or at least – more? Yeah, at least questionable at, at at best. Again, not reporting he's not playing. I have no idea, and I'm so tired of Ben Brown conversations. To the point my blood pressure is kind of rising a little bit. Did but he do his interview this week? I was – yeah, I mean, full disclosure, that's what I was waiting on, and I did not see it. Now, and I, I, I'm not making a joke, I don't know who owns the rights to the interview. <laughs> I really don't. Sorry. You know what I mean, though? I don't know I who do. the hell is showing it. So, right. we have an NIL with Chance Campbell – the yes. spirit did. The spirit or somebody has an nil with Ben Brown. Uh, obviously, they've broken into two sites. I don't know who actually did that or who it's with, but I did not see a Ben Brown segment this week, and that lent me pause because unless you're banged up, why are you not doing it the week after beating Tennessee and you have LSU coming in and all that kind of stuff for a kid who frankly grew up rooting for Eli Manning. Ben Brown's a huge Ole Miss fan, grew up family, yeah. all that kind of stuff. He'd have been pretty interesting from an Eli standpoint this week. Oh. Chance did not know a lot about. It. I doubted he knew it. Yeah. No, he would know more from the Giants than he would the Rebels. Yeah. Um, is he a Ravens fan? He's a Ravens fan. Is he? Okay. Yeah. So, I did not see that. Um, hearing a lot. I think. I think Ben Garrett actually said, called him either questionable or doubtful um, really? today. Yeah. If he's out and Caleb is out and Rhodes is out, I don't know who plays on the offensive line, and that would give me pause if we were redoing Neil's picks to go. How are they moving the football? Because Matt can't run it thirty times. So no. if Braylon's out, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't know any of this. I'm just kind of talking. But it, it's it's a it's a severe depth issue at this point, to the point of not even looking like the same offense potentially. I don't even know who the other. So you'd have Melton at one guard. You'd have James and Broker at the tackles. Mm-hmm. Uman at center. And then Melton. you'd have some combination of Ramsey. Maybe McIntyre, maybe Colquitt. 
Guys who haven't played much. No, very little. I mean, very, very, very little. Dustin in the thread says the Lions dropped to 7.5. And a two-point drop off an offensive lineman is a huge drop, if that's any reasoning there. Well, I wonder about Braylon. And I don't know. I was told week to week, and I've heard nothing new. So I'll assume he's week to week, which would tell me they're going to give it a go. And yes, I realize fans get very frustrated with vague. But I'm, we're, I swear to you, I'm telling you the whole truth. I don't know. So. Yeah, Eli Acker, would he play? Potentially. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't know. Well, you know, it's a common thing in football. It's cliche, but it's true. It's next man up. And at some point, you either next man is up or you get beat. Because I'm looking at it right here. I'm pulling up from Pro Football Focus. I'm just kind of curious. Offensive linemen who have played this season. Nick Brokers played 815 snaps. No, sorry. This is 2020. Hold on. Give me a second. Literally one second. Okay. Broker, 466. James, 466. Brown, 444. Umana, 406. Caleb Warren, 291. Melton, 159, and then here's the fall-off. Bryce Ramsey's played 118. That was mostly the – he played a game that Amana did not play in, so he got a ton there. And then after that, Eli Acker has played 41. Reese McIntyre has played 41. Scrolling, scrolling. Colquitt has played five. Five snaps? Hamilton Hall has played two. That is your offensive line snaps this season. And, and even accurate 41, that was 24 against Austin P and 17 against Tulane. That's it. So, Ramsey, by far your next guy who could play center or guard potentially, but we're still not talking about very many, very many snaps at all. Um, yeah, McIntyre 41. And then, yeah. So, guys either step up or they don't. LSU's got a bunch of injuries, too. Supposedly, they've got a bunch of guys that are questionable going into this game. The Oxford Exxon Podcast also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry in Oxford. Lamons 1126 North Lamar Boulevard. They've been serving the Oxford area for more than 73 years, from engagement rings to wedding rings to fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com. Or give them a call at 662-234-2777. We're also brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call 662-429-4429. Also brought to you by the College Corner, it's One Stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, the College Corner is next to Fleet Feet. And in Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, just go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or homegating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day. The largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. And we're brought to you by Pinnacle. It's mypinwealth.com. Mypinwealth.com. They are based in Madison, Mississippi. They uh, provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and so much more. Again, mypinwealth.com. 
And we're brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you're thinking about traveling this holiday season, already planning next summer's big family getaway, make sure you make it a special trip and one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. To do that, get in touch with John, give him some parameters, give him a budget. He'll give you options you won't find on your own. And no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Also brought you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, look no further than Grenada Nissan. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. And we're brought to you by Service Specialist with offices in Ridgeland, Canton, Jackson, and Oxford. Service Specialist has been connecting candidates and employers since 1967 as the oldest staffing company in Mississippi. Whether you're a new college grad or a seasoned professional, whether you're in engineering, dentistry, accounting, law, manufacturing, human resources, or more, get in touch with Service Specialist. They're always looking for candidates that have potential and want to learn and get their foot in the door with growth opportunities. And know this, it's a small state. Service Specialist always knows about jobs that never get advertised. They also know about quality uh, names and resumes that aren't exactly out there online. So, if you're thinking about uh, looking to make a hire or if you're thinking about looking to relocate to Mississippi but you have confidentiality concerns, service specialists can take care of you either way. No referral fees for those searching for a job either. you got nothing to lose. 662-832-5138 or go to servicespecialistltd.com. Alpha Specialties is located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. It is your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it at Alpha. They're the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail. They've got Hallmark Cargo Trailers. They can also work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built just for you. Spare tires and wheels, a full selection of trailer parts and accessories. And they also can repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, RV, and more. 601-932-9798 or alphaofms.com. And we're brought to you by The Rogue. The Rogue is your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand-select pieces from top designers, from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, and more. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. And guys, basketball is right around the corner, and the Oxford Park Commission has opened registration for the 2022 youth season. Leagues are open for ages 7 to 15 this season. The cost to play, $50 per participant. The season begins January the 3rd. It runs through February the 24th. Games are played on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday evenings with no more than two games in a week for teams. So go to OxfordParkCommission.com today to sign up your son or daughter for OPC Basketball. Uh, finish going going from there. Auburn, they're giving Ole Miss a thirty six point six percent chance against the Tigers. So Auburn at forty at sixty three ish, something like that. Um, I don't know. I don't like that matchup at all. Yeah, thirty six is probably yeah probably right ish. Yeah, um, giving Ole Miss an eighty three percent chance against Liberty. That's too low. <laughs> Neil will not. They lost to ULM. <laughs> Uh, Did you hear about that? How's Rhett Rodriguez doing, by the way? Do you have any update there? Better. Is he okay? Yeah. Okay. Not playing yet? Obviously. I don't think so. Okay. 
Um, yeah, so not only did they lose to ULM, they lost to ULM with a backup quarterback who I'm sure is a wonderful young man, Yeah, yeah. but is really limited. He did not have offers from all over the country. No, 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 no. Again, I'm sure I'm sure his mother and father are very proud, and they should be. But Matt Corral, he is not. Russell Harris said he heard bicep for Brown. The only thing I kind of had going into – I had upper body was all I really had heard over the course of the week. So that would jive from that standpoint, and that would make sense. Um, let's see. Uh, where am I at? A&M, they're giving Ole Miss a 61% chance against Texas A&M. So 6139 okay. there between those two. Um, giving cool. Ole Miss a 97.9% chance against Vanderbilt. Yep. Sounds about right. Yep. And then they're giving Ole Miss a 62% chance in Starkville. I think that's a little low, but okay. Yeah. So point being, they have them losing to Auburn, and then they think that they potentially lose to A&M or Mississippi State because it's only 60-40 essentially what they're what they're saying so nine and three ish for the uh the rebels closing the uh the season something like that apparently the crowd's empty in la too i mean it was only 529 it's 529 there pretty fair weather yeah and their fans show up late and leave early and if it's not going great the uh tyrell pigram question I don't know the answer. I will say it's a little odd. It's really odd. I understand why fans ask. Why do you even transfer here? I don't know. Like He made the trip to Knoxville, I think. He's made a couple trips. He was in Tuscaloosa. Too. Yeah. And I was told a couple times he's the backup. But now, the backup for one snap or the backup if something happened to Matt? Well, the latter. It's the latter. If either. And I don't know, yeah. Braves done in the first uh, with two runs going to the bottom of the first. Oh, still top first? Yeah. Just started started recently. Well, I know. I didn't realize the home run. Who's the the NFL game? I have no idea. Denver and... Man, it's been a day. I mean, I'm so I'm so out of out of touch. You're you're, you're counting just Denver and Cleveland. Oh, that's right, Cleveland without Baker. Oh, that's right. All right, let's do the suit thing. I don't like Denver's white uniform. I don't because like, I hate the helmet. I just hate it, and I don't like the big blue stripe down the white pant. So you don't like Denver's suit, is what you're. Talking I don't about. like Denver's suit, and I can't decide what I think about Cleveland. It's the orange pants with the blue, brown, and white stripes. I do love the brown jersey. I mean, it's just what Cleveland is. What I would wear. prefer the white pant with the brown jersey. Oh, really? I think so. Is that not? I would prefer the white jersey with the orange pant. Okay. I mean, this is their traditional, right? Is it? Isn't it? Or do they usually wear white pants? I don't know. I don't know. They mix it up a lot. The Bengals and the Browns mix it up a lot. I guess the more I look at it, the more it does kind of grow on me. I love the jersey. You do like the brown. Mm-hmm. And their helmet's fine. Denver yeah. needs to go back to the the old helmet with the yeah. D and the and the and the yeah. horse with yeah. snorting the yeah the stallion jumping yeah, yeah. The Bronco jumping yeah through it's a great helmet. Why would you change it? Well, it's like the stupid Buccaneers. They went pewter. And for the a Patriots. While. Done, like, just, yeah, why change? Well, the Patriots are the 
That's the one. You, you had look the, like SMU. You had the greatest helmet ever. Yeah, and you're, you're like, minute ah, man snapping the football or whatever. I mean, it, it's, it's as good as it gets. What are you doing? No, you know what? We're going to do a revolutionary, weird Paul Revere thing. We're going to go gray. What's Ole Miss wearing? Have they announced yet? I thought it was powder on powder. Oh, really? I think. Isn't it, guys? So the end zones are red. You tell the fans to wear red, and you wear powder. Which is fine, but I'm confused. <laughs> David Russell, thanks for the uh, thanks for the super chat. He says, cheap question, so will there be something cheesy like JRP change numbers at half and deliver the frame jersey to midfield wearing his new number? That would be pretty cheesy. No, um, he, he is going to go down. Um, he will be the last person in football to wear number 10 and the last person in baseball to wear number 11. Oh, really? Yeah. How about that? Yes, that is He correct. gets to finish his career in the 10? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, he can finish his career in the 10. If you were him, wouldn't you change jersey numbers next year? Yeah, I think so. I would, too. It's it's hanging. Because now you hung Eli Mannings. If you wear it, <laughs> you're like... I'd change. Are they anywhere close to... Retiring another number? Are they done for a long? As far as far as we're around, if somebody said you have to pick out the next number, is it has it happened or has the person been on the field? Well, to yeah. their credit, they've been very, which is good. You don't retire a ton. Yeah, of they've re- retired Archie Manning, Chucky Mullins, and Eli, That's and it. Eli. So the answer to the question would be no. Yeah. Now there's a player on the field right now. That if he won a Heisman Trophy. If he wins the Heisman. You have to think about it? Oh, I think you'd have to do it. You'd have, you'd have to do it? I don't think Willis's number is going to be retired. He played on Patrick's team was he played on bad teams. And he, he had, had Cutcliffe not been so stubborn, I think he would have played a lot more on the really good team. He was a freshman. But he ended up playing on bad teams. He caused a fumble against Alabama. That's pretty much what he did he his did. freshman year. He blew that guy because he was on the special teams. Yeah, he's a really good special teams player. I think you would have to. I mean, look, if I had to say, hey, who is the person who deserves it? And yeah, Russell, right? Gene Higgerson's in the Hall of Fame. I get they have a lot of those guys, but I don't love doing it for NFL reasons. No, uh-uh. it needs to be a college reason for sure. me. Sure, I agree um, on why you do it. Um, Forty-nine would be the player if I said I had to pick one that they had not done, but I don't have any problem with them not doing it. One thing I wish, and I wouldn't hate a Ring of Honor. That's what I was getting yeah. ready to say: a Ring of Honor where you recognize people who mean something, because then you could do now. I firmly believe the Romero Miller thing, and we'll fight on that hill. Yeah, I know. But you could put him on the Ring of Honor. You could put Jarrell Poe on the Ring of Honor. Patrick Willis on the Ring of Honor. Dexter McCluster on the Ring of Honor. Yeah, 22 for Deuce and Dex. Yeah. But you could keep 22 alive. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I I don't hate that. Yeah, it would. I, Corral would have to win the Heisman. That's some of the problems. You retire twenty two, and you're taking away like one of the top three running back numbers. Yeah, that becomes a problematic in recruiting. Let's be honest. 
You're not the Yankees where they just go, hey, here's 68. Deal with it, bud. I mean, the Yankees have like, what, two numbers left from the one through 10, if they have any? But now, in fairness, they they, they retired studs. Well, yeah, I'm not criticizing. It's like Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth and Joe DiMaggio and Yogi Berra and Mickey Mantle. Oh, it's actually all of them. They don't have anybody. One through 10 is retired. Is that right? Yeah, almost positive. So, because Billy Martin, Jeter, Ruth, oh, yeah. Gehrig, DiMaggio, Joe Torre, Mantle, Barra, Maris. Who's number 10? Do they have 10? Maybe that's... Maybe if I actually find a list of numbers. I know I'm curious. If... Arch wanted to come, you would let him wear one of his family members' 100%, yeah. jerseys. Though, based on what I've heard about him, I don't think that's something he would want to do. He can wear sixteen. Yeah, huh? I don't. I don't think he would. Um, want, I don't think he would want. Phil that. Rizzuto, ten. Rizzuto, and then pass one through ten. So they yeah, they have nobody available one through ten. Do they retire Reggie Jackson's number? Forty four retired. Uh, yeah. So the rest of their numbers retired are fifteen. Thurman Munson, correct. Sixteen. I would have missed this one. I didn't know it. I don't know. Whitey Ford. Okay. 20. Jorge Posada. Okay. They retired Jorge Posada's number? On August 22nd, 2015. You are now rejecting your previous thing that they uh, they retire studs. But that's the only one I have a problem with so far. But Did they retire Dave Winfield? Uh, no. Well, he was better than Posada. Uh, 23. Come on. Yankees, 23. Don Mattingly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no problem there. 32. Gidry? Elston Howard. Okay. 37. Casey Stinkle. I wouldn't have known okay. it. You didn't know it. 42. Oh, Jackie Robinson. Mariano Rivera. Oh, yeah. Him too. Him too. <laughs> 44. Reggie Jackson. Okay. Uh, 49. Gidry. Yes. Uh, sorry, 46. I don't have a problem with this one. Bill Necro. Now, it, it, off the top of my head, I had a problem, but the more I think about it, I don't have a problem. Andy Pettit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then 51. Yankees 51. I'd have this one. 51. Yep. Pitcher? Nope. Outfielder. Oh, Bernie Williams. That's correct. Yes. Bernie Williams was a badass. You're okay with that one? So out of all of them, Jorge is the only one where you're like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean. Played on a lot of title teams. He was a good player. But like, I mean, you're running out of numbers. But is Jorge Posada that much better than, say, Paul O'Neill or? Yeah, that's a good one. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fair. Willie Randolph. I mean, there's a lot of great Yankees. A lot of dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a good thing A&M didn't retire the number two. Because of Manziel? Yeah. Some of his problems. But that's being based on what happened in the NFL. I mean, I would have no problem if they did. But his troubles have prevented that, let's be honest. Sure, of course. His background past that point. But, man, he won a bunch of games for them that they would not have won otherwise. Well, I watched two of them in person. I mean, yeah, won a Heisman Trophy that... They would have lost both times against Ole Miss without Johnny Menzo. Chase, if you put a mortal quarterback in those two games, Ole Miss wins those games by multiple touchdowns. Mm -hmm. That was the difference he made. All right, so Jorge Posada... 
he was a Yankee from 95 to 2011, so he played 17 years-ish. Five-time All-Star, four-time World Series champion, five-time Silver Slugger award. I didn't realize that. That's, I don't know if it was enough to retire your number, but that at least gives me a little bit of pause. Although I don't know who you're competing against at the same time. I mean, he was part of a great era. 273, 275, 1,065 average home runs RBIs. He hit 273. He hit 275 home runs. That, <laughs> like you better be you better be Molina behind the plate if we're yeah, if and, we're doing and, this. and he wasn't that. He was good. Well, he has zero gold gloves. Yeah, he was good. But nobody ever watched him play when all He was that. the best hitting catcher for like a six-year period in the American League. But it's the Yankees. They've won like eight million championships. I mean, I, I don't know. This Whatever. Is, this is the one you have a problem. With. I mean, I do have a basic. I mean, I, I'm not like lose sleep over it, but yeah, I don't. I mean, twenty years from now, when some kid goes, "I want that number," and, and you go, "No, that's retired." Oh, really? Who 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 was it? That was Posada. The kid's gonna say who? Like when the kid goes, I want number two. No, you can't have that. Who had it? Jeter. Oh, okay. I get it. Like nobody walks into the Yankees front office and goes, I want to wear number three. Well, that's- you sort of get that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm reading now like his reason. And this is before it happened. And we're not, we'll move on to something else, but it's Thursday night. It's what we do. So. Bleacher Report has an article from 2012. I know I said Bleacher Report, but... Because this is also a dumb premise. It's New York Yankees, Jorge Posada, and 10 numbers they need to retire. Well, they don't need to retire 10 more freaking numbers. Well, at some point, you run out of numbers. Their 10 are Posada, again, this is 2012. Posada, O'Neill, Pettit, Bernie. So they did a lot of these after. Greg Nettles. Eh. Had a hell of a career. He did. Mel Stoudemire. Okay. They've done Tory. Mike Mussina. I hated Greg Nettles when I was a kid. Mucina's an Oriole. He's not a Yankee. Yeah, Mucina's an Oriole. I know he played about the same amount of time for both teams, but he's an Oriole. He's an Oriole. Yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah. Rivera, A-Rod, obviously Jeter. So actually they retired like six of the ten, so I apologize a little bit to Bill Ford. But his argument for Jorge Posada okay. is he was one of the core four in a career-long Yankee. Okay, if you had great. told me at 8 o'clock this morning that I would be talking about Jorge Posada at 7.42 tonight, I would have been like, really? Yeah, how did he die? Like, what, we, <laughs> what happened? What happened? I'm not even sure if he died, I'd be talking about him. <laughs> By the way, Mr. and Mrs. Posada, I'm glad that he didn't. He's one of only two players in MLB history who has hit 40 doubles in two, in two different seasons. Okay. Uh, Who's the other, by the way? I have no freaking idea. He became the first Yankee catcher since Munson to end a season in the top 10 batting leaders in the AL. I remember when Thurman Munson died. Oh, dear. I was a little boy, yeah. but I remember Thurman Munson dying and it being awful. He hit the first home run in the new Yankee Stadium. Okay. He hit back-to-back grand slams in games, becoming the first Yankee to do so since 1937. He okay. has 10 career grand slams. And then, yeah, he has a, he has 1,664 hits. Okay. And then they say he's just he was a face of the Yankees. Well, okay, but yeah, they he loved was a him. face of the Yankees at a time when they when Jeter and Rivera were the faces of the Yankees. This is dumb. I I have a problem with this one. How many Alabama football players have had their number retired? Any? They really not have one? I don't know. I'm curious now. I'm thinking about it. 
Uh, I'll answer this question while you're looking it up. Denver, yeah, we're, we're going to put Tyler's podcast in our uh, in our podcast feed. I like his podcast. I think it's a good addition. It's like every other podcast that we put in there, we're trying to build a podcast network. And um, there will be people that love it, and there will be people that don't, and that's okay. But we uh, there was competition for that podcast, and we won it. Because that's what we do. We win. <laughs> we had a real long discussion about it. Meetings. Um, I called Chase and I went, hey, uh, just in case you didn't know. Did this. Okay. Someone right. was trying to get Tyler Siski's podcast, so we got it. Okay. <laughs> Take a break in the podcast. Tell you about Johnston Hill Creamery. That's JohnstonHillCreamery.com. And you still have time, if you hurry, to get uh, them delivered right to your spot in the Grove on campus for your catering and tailgate needs. They've got artisanal cheese trays, charcuterie boards with house-cured cheeses, meats, fruits, olives, much more, including house mustard and uh, plenty of other extra add-on items that you would like there from Johnston Hill Creamery. Again, that's johnstonhillcreamery.com. You can uh, right now reserve whatever you need. You can have it delivered straight to the straight to your spot in the Grove. That's 24 hours notice is all it takes, 662-419-9201 or cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. Podcast also brought to you by Nix 10 and Associates. That's nickstanoxford.com for all the real estate needs in the Oxford area, the buy side, the sell side. I've used them multiple times. Let them help you as well. That's Clay DeWeese of Keith Graham and their team of associates. Clay is also your District 12 House of Representatives member here in Oxford. So uh, let them help you with all real estate needs. That's 662-281-1200 or nickstanoxford.com. There is no number 12 at Alabama, no number 34 at Auburn, no number 11 at Florida, 34 at Georgia, 20 at LSU, 18 at Ole Miss, 16 at Tennessee, 12 at A&M. Let's see. <laughs> Alabama chooses not to do it. While Florida retired them, then in the 90s, unretired numbers, and like Kentucky, allows the players to wear them. Um, Matthew Jones says, so we have a sellout football game Saturday. It's <laughs> we're Thursday night, baseball. okay? Like, I love this show. Never know what we will get. In f- Fairness to us, and there's I realize a ton of there is there's there a lot tons more. Yeah, right? There's a lot of football content, up um, on the side, and I will be happy to talk about it. I just don't know what else to say at this point. I'm all right. So the hay is in the proverbial bar. All right, retired numbers, none at Alabama. They didn't retire Amos number. They don't retire numbers. Okay, yeah, Alabama does not retire football numbers. Arkansas has two. Oh, aren't they special? Arkansas has two numbers. Darren McFadden and no, or at least not when this was written. Alabama. Oh hell, I don't know Jerry Jones. <laughs> this was five years ago. Okay. Uh, Arkansas has number 12 for Clyde Scott and Steve Little. Oh, and then Burlesworth. And then Burlesworth, yeah. 77. Auburn has three retired. Pat Sullivan, Bo Jackson, and Terry Beasley. Okay, pretty good players. Terry Beasley? He was a f- wide receiver that was real popular there. Okay, sure. Pat Sullivan's target. Yeah, Florida unretired numbers, so they have none. Georgia has four. Frank Sinkwich, mm. Herschel, Darren Saup, and Charlie Trippy. Herschel was really good. He's all right. Kentucky, my God, stop. They can wear them. So they've unretired them from a wearing. So it's a ring of honor. It is, but it's it's like 29 numbers. Well, that's dumb. You're Kentucky football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like Bear Bryant and Tim Couch. Tim Couch is on here. And that's it. 
I mean, yeah, like no offense to Bob Davis at third, number 13, but. Nobody's heard of damn Bob Davis. George Blanda. Oh, he's good. That counts. Yeah. <laughs> Howard Schnellenberger. Charlie he McClendon. He didn't play, did he? I, I, don't, I don't know. He's on the list. That's okay. all I got. I don't know. You tell me. Shipwreck Kelly's a great name. Though. That is a great name. That's a fantastic name. I like that a lot. Uh, LSU, two, Tommy Casanova and Billy Cannon. Is that all two two players? That's it. Huh. Yeah, 20 and 37. And then they give like the, what is it, 18? Growing up in Ruston, I can't tell you how big of a deal Burt Jones was. Oh, really? Former LSU quarterback. He was, yeah. the, he was the quarterback at the time of the Baltimore Colts. Burt Jones was a big deal. Missouri has six, but they aren't really in the SEC. They, we, won't, we won't know any of those dudes. Craig East was a hell of a football player. Jerry Lorenzen, God rest his soul. Other than Kellen Winslow, we wouldn't know that from Missouri. Oh, he was a great player. Yeah. Carolina has four. You were too young for that Chargers-Dolphins playoff yeah. game. That was so good. Yeah, nothing. It was like 83. It was fantastic. Sterling Sharp, uh, Steve Wadiak, George Rogers, and Mike Johnson for the Gamecocks. Tennessee has eight retired numbers. Peyton, Bill Noling, Johnny Majors, Rudy Clare, Willis Tucker, Clyde Fusion, Doug Atkins, and Reggie White. Reggie White was pretty good. A&M only has John David Crow. Yeah. That's it. John David Crow was the coach at what is now ULM when I was a kid. And then Vanderbilt has the number one retired for Quanny Dolster, who died, right? Is that right? Oh, yeah, the running back. And then Michael Sloan, a fan. So they've retired no numbers based off merit um, at Vanderbilt, but they have the number one retired at this point. South Carolina did not retire Marcus Lattimore's number? Okay. At least not as the time that I had. had Marshawn, whatever. Yeah, Marshawn Lattimore. No, no, no. No. Marshawn Lattimore's. um, It was Marcus Lattimore, right? Yeah, it was Marcus. Yeah, that's correct. Darren McFadden was a stud. He went eight and four with Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, and Peyton Hillis. All in the same backfield. Yeah. Come on. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean I'm just, I mean. Yeah. I'm just. I don't know. <laughs> Russell says Vandy should retire all of their numbers. <laughs> 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 Poor Clark Lee. Yeah. His career was so promising. Yeah. And then there it goes. Like you wonder like the trip home after the South Carolina game when they lost it the other day. Looks at his wife and wonders, what do we do? And she goes, Well, I really like Nashville. Or well, he something. would have had a lot of options though, is the thing. Yeah, he's a really sharp guy. I mean, I get it. It's the head coach and the whole deal. <sighs> Just I covered Auburn when they had uh, Carnell Williams and Ronnie Brown. They were they were studs. Oh yeah. They had Brandon Jacobs was on that team with those guys. Brandon Jacobs oh, had a right. nice NFL career. That's right. Yeah. 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 Do you think Ronnie or Cadillac was better? I always thought Ronnie was better. Cadillac had this other gear, but Ronnie Brown was a great every down back. Could catch the ball out of the backfield, was good in pass pro, smart, and was tough.
Okay. <laughs> Something about what I said a minute ago? No, no, no. We're okay. Yeah. My bet lock of the week, Denver, is Pitt. Pittsburgh over Clemson. Lay the points. You really like that game. Which means congratulations to Clemson on your big win. But yes. Yeah, that Auburn team was loaded. Um, I covered that team. They were loaded. Um, Jason Campbell, Carlos Rogers, Junior Rose Green. We have frustrated message orders over the powder tonight. They are wearing powder? Yeah, they're wearing powder. Okay. Yeah, um, Ole Miss said they're something about CC Blue in the tweet. Well, once they did the sissy blue thing, didn't you have to wear it? I like it. The kids love it. That's what matters. I do get the frustration with all the fans are wearing red. The end zones are red, and you're wearing powder blue. I, I get it. I mean. Uh, Grind, thanks for the super chat. He says, Neil, if not for COVID changing the way y'all covered games, would you have been a Neil and dodging mustard and golf balls? That's a great question Ooh. because we had started this. Was planning, you were planning to go at one point. Yeah, we, so we had started this prior to COVID in 2019 when Ole Miss was irrelevant. And then 2020, we did it by necessity, and it was popular. And then I thought for a long time in the course of the summer that I was going to go to games and we were going to do this differently. And I got a, we got a ton of pushback. And then when they did the, well, everything's going to be Zoom on the road and we're going to mask and all that crap, I thought, nah. And then I called Walker Bailey and offered him a deal to just cover games. And I said, I don't need much. Just give me a notebook and transcribe Lane. And he did it. I don't know. It's a good question. I I don't know where it goes. Like I, and there's a part of me that really misses being at games. Yeah, I mean, you there's certain things you get off the television, and there's definitely certain things you get from being at the game. Sure. I kind of hate not having any environment color, not being able to kind of go, yeah. oh, this did this, yeah. or this is when the atmosphere changed, or any of that. That's one of the things that. That is getting, but there's no way to do both. There's no way to go to the game, go to the press conference, get back someplace where you have good Wi-Fi, and do a post-game show. Can't be done yet. I mean, I've contemplated going for the first half of some games, sure, just to see some of it. But sure, like all right, I'll uh, open it up. Yeah, I'll open up phones for a little while. Arch chose the powder. If he did that, hey. Yeah. Whatever works. Yeah. The Dodgers have hit a home run. 2-1 Braves. 2-1 Braves, bottom second. I don't know who hit it. Somebody did. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we haven't heard from Bradding Ayuki yet. I hope he was okay with his wife calling in. How do we know Brad's still around? Oh. I mean, just saying. <laughs> they hide the letters A R C H somewhere in the end zone, real time. <laughs> <laughs> I've had so many people go, "Man, that was really smart." I'm like, "Yeah." 
That was really good. It was it was really smart. Hey, who do we have? What's going on, guys? It's Tommy from Oxford. Hey, Tommy, what's up? Oh man, just driving across Pennsylvania in a storm. <laughs> Which part of Pennsylvania? Up here, west or east? Um, pretty much central. I'm about 160 miles into the state, so pretty much central. That's like that's like Harrisburg. Uh no, it's not Harrisburg. It's uh, Lamar, Lamar, Pennsylvania. Oh. Uh, yeah, heard. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I know exactly where that's at. One hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, t- I, I listened to Reb talk tonight. Lane said that he asked uh, Eli if he wanted to pick the uniform this weekend, and Eli said whatever the players wanted to wear, and the players wanted to wear powder blue. I think they always want to so wear powder blue. Kind of what yeah, it sounds so there's like. There's the uniform debate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the players are the ones that play. If that's what they want to wear, that's what you let them wear. I mean. I've seen a lot of kickback on it on Twitter tonight and when they released it a while ago. And, and like I said, in the message board, people don't like it. But, I mean, that's what the players want to wear. I mean, it's the new cool thing. I like it, you know. What else did he say? Ah, uh, I, I not a whole lot, just you know, typical Lane. He he ain't giving away a whole lot. Um, Except for he Monday, pretty much gather Matt, Matt's playing. <laughs> yeah, he he backed off that hard on Wednesday during the teleconference. He went back to the "Hey, we don't really disclose injuries" thing. So that's right. There was that. <clears throat> yeah. Well, well, guys, I got a I got a bad throat tonight. I just wanted to call in and say that I I, I appreciate y'all. Not yeah, I'll absolutely. Later. Thanks, Thanks, Tommy. Tommy. Sometimes I can't help but wonder if that – I don't know if that question – not – I don't know. If somebody asked somebody to ask that question. They what now? I, I kind of wonder if somebody asked somebody to ask that question Monday. It was so out of character for him to answer it. And the more I think about the question, it feels like it was, hey, would you ask about Matt? But why? I don't know. Oh, I'm trying to respect wishes. But is there a reason we're not giving baseball scores? Well, the guy in the thread said not to. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's the National League Championship Series and it's live. <laughs> I mean, could you get through a full day without knowing a score of something? No, you don't think so? Well, I guess I could. It'd be hard. I mean, you'd have to really cut yourself off from society, if you will. Yeah, SMU is rolling. Um, They're really good. SMU-Cincinnati is going to be a great game. Looking back, what do you make of that Oklahoma-Tulane week one? Just week one and Week one, Tulane played a very emotional game. Oklahoma's, <laughs> Oklahoma's got a shaky defense. You know, kind of who they are. Yeah, Pratt played really well that day. He did. They played an emotional football game. Yeah, I thought we weren't supposed to give soccer scores. Is oh, that... it's soccer. No, but he said no baseball scores. 
So what score can we give? Just Tulane and SMU? I mean, it feels... Yeah, I feel like the the the, the, the baseball game... Oh, he's saying it's Braves and Braves won't bar if I don't watch. Oh, so he's superstitious. Yeah, it's... The Dodgers just hit a two-run homer. It's three to two Dodgers, bottom two. Reed just has to settle in and do his thing. He's fine. Should have been powder on red, Sipreb says. Hey, Bubba. Hey, boy. How y'all doing? How are you? Uh, been a long week. How about right. y'all? It's been, a, it's been a week, Bubba, but, you know, we're okay. Good. I tell you what, that game in Tennessee, Daddy was a little embarrassed and just nuts. I tell you what, I, I, we left and we didn't get to see the end. I didn't realize it. Old Miss almost lost at the end after the after the twenty minute delay. We kind of left right at that one minute and said we were done. They were throwing yeah. so much stuff. It was so. in, inches away from a loss. It was it was close. The the oh, yeah. next to last the next to last play was. A little close for comfort if I'm an Ole Miss fan. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right through his hands. We watched that, and he even said, we almost beat y'all at the end. How good would that have been? I said, not very good for me, but it would have been for you. So, anyway, uh, just kind of hanging out and got a couple questions for you. Mm-hmm. What are you hearing? I probably said I literally just got home and saw y'all. How's Corral doing? Have y'all heard anything, or is it just kind of a kind of a uh, – a little trickery by by the coach. Feels a touch of gamesmanship. Um, I mean, he was in the hospital on Tuesday, but otherwise he's been – I expect him to play this week. Um, he was at the hospital <laughs> on Tuesday. Well, he was in that the hospital. That's true. He was actually in the hospital. He was inside hospital. the hospital. He was inside the hospital on Tuesday. Yes. No, I think it, it would blow me away if he was not playing on Saturday completely. Now, I don't know that he can run around like crazy, but – well, you know, it, he can be like Eli then, just sit back there and pass it and pick him apart. So, but uh, anyway, what recruits? The other question is, what recruits you boys see us uh, having coming in? You mean coming to the game or signing? Oh yeah, there's a whole coming bunch. The there's a it's whole bunch 30. of them coming. Yeah, yeah, go to. I would highly suggest going to rebelgrove.com, looking at Zach's story from yesterday. It's a comprehensive list, and then uh, there will be a lot more recruiting on the on the uh, site tomorrow morning in the war room, like 3,000 words worth. Absolutely. All right, well, i got one more thing to say. The sure. new boy, uh, Springer, mm-hmm. he is a real deal. I mean, I'm impressed with him. And uh, the other thing, got a little bad news on the home front. We had to put three down. He uh on oh, Sunday that's, morning. It's terrible. Just, he yeah, he was twelve and got a little sepsis and he's just done. So anyway, it's a little bad news, but we got that is bad lead. news. Well, I, I hope that uh I hope that everybody's okay with that. I know that people were attached to three and how's eight doing? Uh, he's been looking around for him. So I'm honestly, sure. but it's good because got a bunch. Of you know, got Chase running around here, named after Always. Mr. Parm right there. Thank you. <laughs> you know, he's good. He's so, a, a good boy. 
it's just been if you ain't got no quality of life, you ain't you ain't got nothing. So that's true. Well, it's not hey, about quantity, it's quality. That's true. But I hate anyway, to hear that. Boys, sorry to end it on a bad note, but Bobby Toddy and I'll see y'all uh, next week, and hopefully we'll beat Eddie O and send him back to LSU with his seventeen million. All right, Bubba. Thanks for the call. Yeah, have a good evening. Yeah, here's to three. Bless his heart. It's a shame about dogs, isn't it? Much rather the dogs live. Dogs really deserve to live longer than we do. Yeah. That's hard to do. Go put one of your dogs down. Really hard. I I mean, I've done it, and it sucks. Hey, who do we have? Hey, guys, it's Jarrett. Hey, Jarrett. How you doing this evening? Good. Bubba, sorry to hear about your dog, man. I know that's tough if you're still listening. Um, so I got a little bit of a bone to pick with both of you. Um, uh-huh. Neil, you didn't put Air Force in your top 25, and then both of you guys just assumed yesterday that San Diego State was going to win the Mountain West. I think that's I don't think that's a safe assumption to make. Well, on, on number one, you're right. I didn't put them in. Uh, number two, that was Ross Dellinger's. Um, that was Ross Dellinger's, as of this moment, top twelve, and so that's what we were going off of. So on on that particular count, you really don't have a leg to stand on. On the first one, yeah, I mean, okay, but look, I know. Yeah, I I think they they beat San Diego State this week. They deserve to be ranked. Okay, um, now and they'll have to eat some okay. Yeah, that's you know, sure. Yeah, three, got, got to three get... and a half. So you know, we'll see what happens. Um, so okay, guys. So this, what I'm about to, to ask you to do is going to be very controversial with the listeners. And so before before I say this, I want to say this is not my take. I do not agree with it at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you a take that was given to me by a good friend of mine who's a Georgia fan, and I want you to respond to it. Okay. Okay. Stetson Bennett is better than Matt Corral. It's not even worth responding to. Say it again. It's not even worth responding to. Yeah. So, so his his argument is he has a higher TBR, a higher completion percentage, it's more passing yards per game, more touchdowns, and a higher completion percentage, ten plus yards downfield. Um. And so my response was, well, how many how many five stars has he got on his offense? Number one, and then number two, what do his rushing stats look like? And then number three, does he ever have to like put a team on his back and go win the game, or does he just get to kind of, you know, distribute the ball and the rest of the team does the work? He plays knowing there are zero consequences for anything he does because no one ever scores, ever. Right. Like, there's no pressure at all. And you've got that run game, which I mean, we have a great run game too, you know. But um, I, I can't even believe we're spending 15 seconds on this. I'm, I'm I mean, no. The answer, yeah, no, the, I, the answer to that is the, the answer to that is take take two NFL scouts and ask them that, and after they get through beating the hell out of you, <laughs> go back and tell your friend you're an idiot. Yeah, and no, if he still yeah, argues with I you, think, if he still argues with you, get better friends. I mean, 
That no, 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 I mean, no, no. No, Stetson Bennett's had a really nice story. He really is. He's a great story, and he's a good game manager, and he plays on an absolutely loaded team. But if Georgia had Matt Corral, oh god, god my God in heaven, they would be literally unbeatable. Would they be better than 2019 LSU? Yes, it would be very well. Yeah, because they'd be better. Yeah, yeah. So yes, yes, yeah, would be better. Yes. Auburn is a good football team, okay? For example, Auburn is a good football team, and they played Georgia really hard and hung with them and and, and still got kind of popped. If you put Matt Corral on Georgia's offense that day at Jordan-Hare, it's an absolute blowout, and Auburn is still a really good football team. No, I, I agree with you. I think he was mostly just trolling me, just messing with me. I mean, he's like my best friend. We were roommates at the Air Force Academy for four years. He he was just messing with me. Um, I hope, because but, I would like to think that our military is stronger than that. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so, last thing, guys. So, man, looks like we're really beat up this week. Is I know Kiffin will never do this, but like from a fan po- standpoint, like if we go out there and like you guys, like you were talking about earlier with the next man up and they just couldn't get it done from a fan base perspective, do we kind of look at it and just be like, well, it sucks. Cause that's one that we could have won, but you know, injuries are injuries and we just got to pick up and, and try to, you know, win the next one. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, Jared, it's one of those games that we're just going to watch it and see what happens. You know what I mean? I mean, it's yeah. it's it could go a lot of different ways, and and we don't know how much LSU's beat up too, and you know how hard do they play? How much do they want it? What what happens early? Um, yeah, anyone who's betting on this game has a serious issue. Like they need to call a gambling hotline because who who knows, man? Hey, Jared, like, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. All right, have a good night. See ya. Ryan makes a good point. I, I stand corrected, Ryan. That's a good. That's a good point. It's a really good point. Sad, but a good point. Uh, let's see. What is Daniel's status? Uh, I think he's getting healthy. Is he? They kind of have it. They kind of have it where he's just managing, you know? Hey, who do we have? Hey, this is uh, Corbin from New Orleans. First time caller, long time listener. Hey, hey uh, Corbin. Hey, uh, I'm currently on a drive to Oxford from uh, New Orleans. And uh, uh, y- y'all have been talking a lot about this, this press conference on Monday from uh, what Kippen said that first question with Corral. Yeah. So, I used to date a girl that is pretty involved in the athletic department, and we still keep in touch, and I asked her about it, and she said that, and and I'm not going to name any names or anything, but they were people who are pretty high up in athletics that wanted that question to be the first one asked, and that Kiffin uh, rehearsed the answer a few times, um, which may not come to a surprise to y'all, but... It does not surprise me. Right. So what was surprising to me was the reason that she gave me, and, you know, she may be wrong, but this is allegedly what 
the athletics was trying to do was they wanted Matt's name out there in headlines with the word Heisman. And even though it was injury or possible injury or doubtful, the word Heisman's in there. They're creating a campaign for him. What's your thoughts on that? Is that a smart uh, advertising? Yeah, it's it's creating a narrative. And and uh, Jeffrey had a great answer in the MPW Digital uh, pregame show. He said it's uh, it's 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 my story. So you create my story. And if you're Ole Miss, you're creating the story that um, Matt Corral is playing hurt and carrying your football team on national television against LSU, which is a big national brand, uh, on national TV on a day that Eli Manning's having his jersey retired and that without him, you'd be lost in the uh, proverbial desert. But with him, you're this team that if they win, they're 6-1, and 3-1, and one, and still, you know, like we talked about earlier, still alive alive in the uh, in the national title hunt i mean barely but alive nonetheless and and yeah i that's what i thought i think that's what we talked about on on tuesday uh i I had a feeling the question was was planted um i just hate saying that a reporter asked a planted question because if you asked me or Chase to ask a question. I don't know that we would do it. So they got someone to do it. And, and okay. It, it, the reason I felt that way was because, and I wrote this in the what he said, what he meant thing, was Lane never talks. Like I, I used Jonathan Mingo as an example. Caleb Warren would be a good example. I know Caleb Warren and Jonathan Mingo have had surgery. Lane knows that I know they've had surgery, okay? So if I say, Lane, what's how's it going with Jonathan Mingo? When do you anticipate him coming back? His answer is going to be, well, as you know, we don't talk about injuries. We hope he plays this week. I mean, to which I would say, yeah, I, I don't talk about my hair, but I wish it would grow this week. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. And so for him to immediately go, well, you know, uh, we don't really talk about injuries, but, you know, he really got hit a lot. And, and uh, you know, I don't – I hope he plays, but I don't feel great about it. I don't feel very good about it. Whatever he said was, whoa, this was practiced. You knew this was coming. Because if we had immediately said, okay, well, since you're talking about injuries, what about Mingo? He would have said, well, I don't really talk about injuries. We, we hope mm-hmm. he plays this week. So it's it was establishing a narrative, and I get it. It worked because I, on ESPN the other day, I was at the gym and I saw it on the on the uh, bottom scroll thing. The scroll, thank you. Um, Matt Corral doubtful for Saturday's game versus LSU, and I was like, no, he's not. But if you're the voter in Des Moines. You're like, whoa, he was doubtful. And then he comes out and he throws for 377 yards, four touchdowns, and runs for 82 yards and two touchdowns. You're like, son of a bitch. That guy was so hurt that he was doubtful. Look what he did. I get it. It's actually kind of smart. Yeah. You still with us, Corbin? Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. The – uh the whole like rehearsal thing. I mean, I kind of hate it. It's very like small time, small. But it's what you do. No, it's not. It's PR. It's it's it's, 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 it's
it's not small time. It's PR. It's um, it's you you make your own narrative. You create a storyline if you can. That's what you're supposed to do. You 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 sure. you Hollywood it. You know. I mean, look, they're not they're not going. 13 and 0 and winning the national championship, right? I mean that that's that's or winning the SEC title necessarily. They're not doing it, they're not going 13 and 0. They're not rolling through the competition where it's going to be a no-brainer. You're going to have to have realistically you're going to lose another game. You have to have a storyline where you're like telling people this is why Matt Corral should win the Heisman. Not only did he do all of this, but man, he did it hurt. And and for the record, I don't doubt for a minute after watching that game on Saturday night that Matt Corral did not feel great on Sunday and Monday. I'm sure he felt like hell. I mean, I, I suspect Matt Corral woke up on Sunday and felt like he had been running. I mean, over. Eli mentioned it today, talking about if you, he couldn't even wrap his mind around running 30 times and what yeah. that would feel like for the next few days. Thanks. Uh, hey, thanks for the call, Corbin. Appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, you're you're trying to win the award. Yeah, the Bogalusa bugle, the Bogalusa bugle would never, never fall for a fake narrative. <laughs> no way. It's what makes me think that not only is he going to play, but he's going to play well. That it's, yeah. The Oxford Exxon Podcast also brought to you by Walk-Ons. Walk-On Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads. Quality, fresh ingredients you can't help but crave. Coming soon, just next month, Walk-On Sports Bistro, more than a restaurant, 1737B University Avenue in Oxford. We're also brought to you by Brothrow. It's a social sports betting network free to use. It's a really cool, fun way to bet. No third party, no juice. Over time, that's going to save you money. You can start your own group, make friends, and invite your friends. Payment happens within 24 hours of the conclusion of your bet. You can take the other side of an existing bet, start a new bet, and more. Sign up today at bet.brothrow.com backslash mpw. We're also brought to you by Muddy Water Camo. Enter the promo code REBELGROVE. Get a 35% discount on any products from the site. Free shipping on items on orders of $100 or more. Muddy Water has several new products on the site now, and their brand new Muddy Water Lady Camo Apparel is available as well. Go to MuddyWaterOutdoors.com, enter the promo code REBELGROVE for 35% off. It's the same promo code at DeadSoxy, DeadSoxy.com, the best socks you'll ever put on your feet. They've got the no-shows, the traditional socks, the Mississippi-themed socks. Enter the promo code REBELGROVE at checkout at DeadSoxy and get 25% off your order. Uh, Ole Miss and LSU this weekend, and then three games in November at home. That means there's still plenty of time for you to uh, spend some quality time in the Grove, tailgating with friends and family. Seven South makes it even better. They provide the equipment, secure the spot, set up everything for you. They offer unloading assistance, food, beverage delivery on game day, and more. They've got single-game packages, multi-game packages. Get in touch with Kyle Thornton, 662-321-1682 or 7southtailgating.com. And we're brought to you by Game Changer Patch Company. They want to help you prepare. They're the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch is used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. 
The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for your next play. Go to GameChangerPatch.com, enter the promo code REBELGROVE20, REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 25% off your purchase. Also brought to you by Clay McNutt and ACS there in Baldwin, Mississippi. Automation and Control Systems LLC is a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. ACS has a full-time, dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. They can custom-tailor software packages, custom-design electrical control panel solutions, and much more. To learn more, go to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate is based out of Jackson, Mississippi, and they uh, service the entire state in all commercial asset classes, such as retail, office, industrial, and land. Sam Cox, B.B. Mitchell, or Ole Miss grads, they utilize their unique skill sets to execute on assignments and increase value for their clients. This week's property spotlight is on the Village at Madison. The Village at Madison will feature roughly 60,000 square feet of Class A restaurant, retail, medical, and professional office space, along with roughly 75 zero-lot-line residences with pinpoint handling the leasing for the commercial portion of the development. To learn more, give Sam and BB a call, 601-586-3220. Blue Delta Jeans is happy to announce the inaugural Coastal Cup Waterfowl Tournament hosted January the 19th through the 21st at the Bay Flats Lodge on the San Antonio Bay of Texas. This competitive team duck hunting event will include two days of Texas Coastal waterfowl hunting, meals, drinks, and lodging, and two pairs of custom jeans for every participant. Special guests at the event will include Josh Raggio of Raggio Custom Calls and Barton Ramsey of Southern Oak Kennels. You've heard us talk for years about Blue Delta's annual golf tournament, and now it's time for the duck hunters to show their skill. For information on the event or to register your team, contact Blake Kokenauer at blake at bluedeltajeans.com or visit Blue Delta's website, bluedeltajeans.com backslash coastal cup <laughs> hey who do we have hey Corey from amory first time long time and my device is down hey Corey from amory what's up y'all hey uh i understood that at one point uh ed orgeron drove a truck from clark ford there in amory no he had a hummer <laughs> he had a hummer had a hummer <laughs> so uh I do. I do have a football question. You want me to do the the O stuff first and the football question later, or do you want me to do the football no? Question do the football first? question now and then the O stuff after that. All right. So, I I, I was in a wedding Saturday night. Uh, I mean, just you know, whatever. But uh, I was in a wedding Saturday night. I saw the end of the game, but there was a pass interference call that got a lot of pub. So I went back and looked at it, and if, if, if it's the one I, I'm thinking about, Corral's in the pocket for a couple seconds, and he steps up and he throws it towards the Ole Miss sideline over the head of, like, two receivers. Yep, I remember. Okay. Yep. So if he sucked at quarterback, that's not a pass inter- – that's not a intentional grounding call. Yeah, they if he was If he was an awful quarterback – they would not have thrown that flag. But because he's good and accurate, they called it intentional grounding. Am I wrong there? No, you're right. This is Chase's pet peeve. Yeah, so. I hate this. Absolutely hate it. It's the it's the worst, and this means this. I, I get what I'm saying here. This is the worst new rule in football over the past how many ever years that 
to me, if you throw it over the head of a receiver, that receiver is still in the area. Because, like, on a goal line, it goes up forever. You know, it, it, it is unending on you crossing the goal line. If you throw it over the head, he's in the area. It, it should never be intentional ground no matter what. Now they have the ability to say your intention was to ground the football. They can read your mind. Yeah, it's as dumb as when they get, wave off the penalty and go, no, the receiver ran the wrong route. How the hell do you know? The Austin P quarterback makes that same throw. I guarantee you it's not intentional ground. Absolutely. The ULM quarterback makes that throw Saturday night and no one throws a flag because they're like, oh, he sucks. Right. Yeah. But Corral's high. He, he's good. So he, he grounds it. Yes. It, 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 I hate it. Okay. Chase, Chase will sit here and get kind of visibly shook on calls like that. And it doesn't have to be the Ole Miss game. No, it, it, can game. Be, it can be Vanderbilt. I was watching Vandy-UConn. Yeah, it happened in a Vandy-UConn game, and Chase got upset about it. Like, how did they know where he was throwing the ball? Yeah. it's a good point. Come on, man, Phil. Don't Go like it, Phil. Seth. Huh? <laughs> Fair. So you want, you want my O story? Yeah, I'd love absolutely. <laughs> So, you know, me and O go back probably 15 years, and about a day or two after he got fired, I'm sitting in a deer stand, and, and my phone rang, and it was him, and I let it go to voicemail, and I, I the voicemail is like, uh, hey, Cord, is Coach O. I need to buy Kelly a top-of-the-line suburban. Uh, give me a call. So immediately the deer hunt's over. Um, I just, I grab the phone and I call him and he tells me what he's hunting and then I have two options available. So we build both of them out and we took them over to his house, the big green house at the, the, at the golf course there in Oxford in the cul-de-sac, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Chase? This is after he's been fired. It's two days after he's been fired. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So he, he is there and 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 she picks out the one she wants it was a black denali and i had the paperwork there and i tore the paperwork up for the other one and took it back to amory and and he writes me a check for the denali and and everything's good and i'm leaving the house and i said you know i hope you're okay and he's like oh man i'm good and he 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 basically said i just wrote you a check for 60 something thousand dollars it's really hard for me to be too mad at Ole Miss about this, right? And 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 you kind of got some of that in his press conference the other day, kind of kind of yeah. the same thing. But yeah. in the meantime, he gets a uh, he gets the job with the Saints, and and Kelly's in Oxford tending to the kids, and and she never goes and gets a tag for the Denali. Uh, they, they, they buy a house in Mandible and they move down to Mandible and, and, and Chase, I, I, I know you were covering them at the time. I don't know if you had ever had the pleasure of, of, of talking to, to Miss Kelly, but, uh, she could make a sailor blush. Some of the stuff she'd say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and she goes to get a tag in Louisiana and they try to charge her Louisiana sales tax. Now she, she's already paid. They've already paid sales tax when they bought it from me, but they never got a tag. So Louisiana's trying to charge her sales tax. And I said, okay, I got it. Don't worry about it. She, she's calling, raising all Mount hell. And, and I got it. Uh, it's fine. So we have a cabin about a thousand yards from the Clay County line in South Monroe County that I know the address to. I think the statute of limitations is up on this. I don't think I broke any laws, but I think it's up anyway. So, 
I just generated another title application and got her a Monroe County, Mississippi tag. Y'all follow me? Uh-huh. Yep. So I sent her the tag, and she sends me a check for what the tag costs. Next year, same thing. Sticker comes up, and it, she needs a new tag. I go get it. She sends it to me, and we rock it on. Well, he goes to Tennessee in the Humber, and he, he, he hadn't had any trouble with this. But now he gets out to L.A., and I don't know if there was some emissions things or what with this Humber. He cannot get a California tag on this Humber. I said, well, I got it. Don't worry about it. So I do the same thing again. I get the VIN number for the Hummer, and I get Ed Orgeron in this 2006 Hummer, and I take it to the Aberdeen Courthouse, and I get a tag made up for the campfire. And there we go. I, 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 I mailed him the tag, and he uh, he sent me a check. And we did this a couple years, but it always tickles me to think of Ed Orgeron rolling around Los Angeles, California, in a Hummer with a Monroe County Mississippi <laughs> tag on the back. I mean, he did it. He did it as the, he- the interim head coach of USC. I had to send him a Monroe County Mississippi tag. It just tickles me to death. That's great. You know, I, I love him, and, and I know I, I catch a lot of grief from, from, from people that are old Miss people, but but I, I do. I, I, I he's, he's been good to me. He's like Neil. He passes the driveway test, everything in the driveway. He was – Head coach at LSU still buying cars from me, so I I, I have a, a, a soft spot in my heart for for O and hope he does good. And I think I, I, I think he'll land on his feet at seventeen million. I'll help. He said he'd have uh, enough to buy a hamburger or two, maybe a double. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but anyway, I just want to call into that story. He's, he's awesome. A, he's a lot better guy. People give him credit for. I you know it, it's. I was hung over for two days after the 08 Cotton Bowl, and I dare say if he didn't recruit as good as he would have, we wouldn't have been there. Well, now um, that's true. No, there's no I, doubt I, about I, that. Houston he, wouldn't he, have put that is, talent together. Mm-mm. No. He he had the misfortune to be in the, at the right place at the right time too many times. What do you think he um, would have done? I, well, look, it wouldn't have been what it was because he had beat them down. I mean, he had. So – there was a lot of issues, but if he gets to coach Snead that first year, what are they? Seven and five? No, I, I and I tell him to his face. I, I I don't think he could have done what Houston Nutt did with that team. Now I don't think Houston Nutt could have assembled that team. He couldn't have. But I don't think that I I think at the time there there was a really good article when he, he I think O took a year off maybe at some point. And, and there was a really good article that was on ESPN.com or, or, or something uh, where he was having to sit at his house in Mandeville and watch football. And it, it was an interview with him and Kelly. And, and he talked about that notebook he had made about what yeah, he was doing. The binder. I think yeah. It, yeah, the binder. And I don't think he was ready for that job. I, I, I think, you know, Kyat and Boone – Went to the West Coast to find a, to cut a coach. Well, they went to hire and Dennis they, Erickson, and then right, and then Kayak got his feelings in a got his feelings in a wad. Erickson told him how he was going to save in that program. Yeah, and that didn't go good. He said, "No, so you're not going to save in my program." Ed, Ed, Ed is not going to not take the job. Um, and and 
from all accounts, tried to tried to run a program like he ran the defensive line at USC, and that wasn't good. Um, but he he's a at, at his core, he's a good dude. Um, and and I uh, I'm 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 glad he got all the money. Um, but anyway, no, I mean I, I don't think I think even money be Ole Miss going to a bowl in '08. Um, I, I just, I don't, I think he was outside of his realm being the head coach at that time, but you know, he's got a ring now and you can't take it away from him. He does. No, he's got a ring and he was the head coach of arguably the best college team that's ever assembled. Right. Right. I mean, he's got a great side and a terrible side and yeah, you know, you watch it's, what's been interesting to me about the LSU story this week has been the stories that have come out about the women at the state at the at the practice field who brought their kids and how many players Miles Brennan uh 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 Chason and others have come out and said man I was there for 4 years 5 years I've been here for a long time that never happened and I right. can't help but wonder if one of the things that's happening is LSU people insiders are putting this narrative out to make sure that just in case they go on a run, there's no saving him. Oh. Just in case. It's over. Because if if they lose to Florida Saturday, I wonder how many of these stories happen. That's a good point. With this detail. Yeah. And, and, hey, me and you have spoken privately – I know a lot of the details of that whole deal, the 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 divorce deal, yeah. Um, and 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 this this isn't as simple as it was just a standard old divorce, um, you know. And and it's 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 complicated, it's complex, it's everything. And and I mean, it's kind of the same thing we got in Oxford. You got you know, uh, decent looking male with money uh, is is attracting women. News at eleven, you know. Yeah. So, anyway, well, before like, I speak too much. Oh. My dad said that the other day. He goes, so women like money? I'm like, yeah. 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 It's, just it's, go figure. It's unique to college football coaches, apparently. Yeah. Know. Just, you know, it's like probably like most every divorce, right? There's two sides. There's – if you were to just ask one, one party, hey, what happened? You'd get one story. And yeah. if you ask the other party what happened, you'd get another story. And it's kind of like a oh, – Kind of like a, you me. Yeah. It's kinda of like that country music song where um there's two stories, one's the truth and one's one's not, and yeah. 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 All right, guys. Y'all have a good night. Sorry I kept you so long. Oh good, and, Corey. Uh, uh you know, uh y'all y'all keep fighting the good fight. Thanks, Corey. Later. We were talking about planting questions. Who was it? Who was it we were talking to? in the teleconference that day when Freeze kept walking behind us and telling people, whispering in reporters' ears to ask certain questions. Uh, Longo. Oh, it was Longo. Yeah, I forgot about that. Holy shit. Hey, who do we have? Hey, this is Dan and Jackson. Dan, hang on real real quick, because I, I got to digest what Chase just said. I totally right. forgot that he was asking us to ask questions. He was walking around. So, so they've got a, like a teleconference machine in the middle on a podium. 
And we're talking to Longo, if that's who it was. I didn't remember that. It was Longo. And, yeah, he would walk up behind, like, certain reporters and whisper, basically in their ears, hey, ask this. He didn't even talk about this. And it went on for, like, ten minutes. Hey, Dan. Hey, guys. How are you? I'd forgotten about I'm, that. I'm glad, I'm glad I'd forgotten about that. Central Mississippi, living the lifestyle. I wanted to let you guys know, just to tell you thank you for all the work y'all do, and it is much appreciated. And just doing, I mean, you're killing it. Now that you move the podcast back to the mornings for us sales guys, it's great. Hey, thank, I appreciate but, that. That's nice. No, and I, look, that interview with Jarrell Poe, I mean, that was fantastic. I lived day by day waiting for that guy to get eligible however many 20 years ago whatever it was yeah. 15 and man to see where he's at now and i mean Ole miss ought to roll that guy out on the field and you know put him in front of people that is a, that i mean that was awesome neil really good job oh thanks i appreciate that he's a i've, I've really known Jarrell for a long time like i told him and I don't know whether he remembers it or not. When I was in Mobile, they sent me to Hargrave for a few days. I heard you say that. I flew to yeah. uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, if I remember correctly, and drove up to Hargrave. Virginia. Yeah, yeah, and spent a couple of days up there and talked to a whole bunch of kids like Jarrell. And, remember Keelan Williams? Mm-hmm. Keelan Williams was up yep. there, and there was a basketball player who ended up at Georgetown. I did something with him. And it was different. Well, it was a I, different world. It's you know, and it's a it's a see a, look a lot of young people, a lot of adults these days, but a lot of young people can they need to hear that story about sticking to something and yeah. not giving up and perseverance and um, not getting bitter because he would have had every bitter. excuse to be bitter. But Jarrell, you know what's funny about Jarrell? Here's the f- not funny. I don't know. It's a lot of words. Funny, sad. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Pisses you off. A lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. Is that people tried to portray Jarrell like he was dumb? Yes, that's a, yep. And Jarrell is anything but dumb. Mm-hmm. Jarrell's very intelligent. Now he's got that country accent that's deep drawl, and you know he's a big guy. And if we're yep. being full disclosure, he got there was prejudice because he's he's African no because he's African American. But Jarrell, when you talk to him, and I remember talking to him at Hargrave and thinking, whoa, wait a minute. This is nothing like what is being stereotyped. Mm-hmm. This, yep. this guy's smart. And then I had the pleasure of covering him at Ole Miss. And, God, he was fun to cover. I mean, he really was. He was so much fun to cover. And you could talk to Jarrell about football and get really good answers. And then you could talk to Jarrell about frying catfish and get these <laughs> super fun answers. And and he knew your name. It was back in the days when the players knew us yeah. and we mm-hmm. knew the players. You know, I've talked about this. I've covered a couple of teams that I really loved, the people on them. One was the 2008 Ole Miss team. One was the 2000 Auburn team. Ben Leard and Alex Lincoln and uh, Rudy Johnson and those guys. God, that was a good group of human beings. And um, mm-hmm. you don't we don't we don't get that anymore. We don't get to know the kids anymore. They don't they don't know our names.
But back then, like I remember Rob Pate walked into the media room at Auburn in 2000. Auburn was getting ready to play for the SEC title against Florida, I think. I don't know, it's been a minute. And he comes in and he tells us, is me and Charles Goldberg were in there in the Auburn uh, football office and we were working in the media room. And he comes in and he's like, hey, I'm thinking about writing this book about the truth about college football. And we're like, Rob, you don't need to do that, man. I mean, you're going to get killed. And he's like, no, no, I want to write it because we, we the, the 20-hour rule is a joke. And, you know, Rob's now an optometrist in, in the Birmingham area. And, you know, I remember that relationship. He knew our names. He knew I was Neil. He knew Charles was Charles. He knew what papers we worked for and stuff like that. And and Jarrell Poe knew our names. Like, you know, the other day when when I reached out to Jarrell, he's like, hey, Neil, he knew exactly who I was. I mean, all these years yeah. later. And, tell. and these kids now, they, they don't know who we are. It's totally different. I, nah. I get it. It's fine. It's 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 yeah. not. And by it's the way, about the bottom line. Yeah. it's not about access it's really not because I mean I've said this all. I've never complained about access. I never will. I don't really care, but I do miss that part of it where the yeah. the kids know who you are and you know like I'll give you an example. Um, and forgive me for uh, taking your call over. I'll, no, no, I'll, you're good. Look, that's awesome, man. Uh, Bo Wallace in twenty. Hell, I don't know which one. Michael Casagrande. 13. It was fourteen. Fourteen. 14. 14? No, it was 13. 13. It was 13. The year they lost. Michael Casagrande asked Bo Wallace a question about playing Alabama. It was and, 13. And Bo said, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying. Basically, we're planning to win the game. Because why else would you go play, right? I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't disrespectful. He didn't about, say we're going to kick the hell out of Alabama. Yeah, Man. he wasn't like, hey, those guys suck. We're going to crush right. them. It was it was well. I mean, you know, we're, we're the goal we're, is to win. The goal is to win. We're playing. We're playing to win the game. And and uh, okay, you would have thought he like kicked the mother or something. Yeah, I mean, and, and was... they destroyed him. They destroyed him. And a couple of weeks later, Bo comes back in and he. Didn't want to do the inter- he didn't want to do the media thing, but he looked up and he saw me and he saw a couple other guys that he knew maybe David Brandt or whoever yeah, yeah. it was, and he's mm-hmm. like those guys didn't do it. Those guys have always been fair to me. Yeah. They've always been good to me. We've always had a respectful relationship. You could see his mind working, and he s- did it. And he didn't like it, and he didn't want to do it, and he wanted to treat us like crap, but he didn't. And I always respected it. But now, guys don't know who we are, and so there's no, there's no, there's no perspective, right? There's no, there's no nuance at all to the relationships that we have with the people that we cover, and it kind of sucks. And I, but I don't want to say well, I don't want to say that it sucks because if I say that it sucks, someone construes that as me complaining about it and i'm not well it kind of is what it is i mean look it's all about the bottom line these days i mean when when espn took over the whole thing everything you know it is you know but we look we got more money now i mean i can remember going when it looked like dirt roads going up the, you know when i was a kid so yeah. but I, I just want to tell you guys that really enjoy it uh keep up the great work and it could be a really, really special weekend in Oxford this weekend. So, Yeah, I think so, too. Hey, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys.
speaking of uh, some O stories, speaking of just podcasts and whatnot, Brian with Ruby Wrights will be out in the morning. He uh, he tracked down Travis Johnson, former Ole Miss player. Oh, who, wow. Uh, what a good get. Intercepted the uh, first pass of the OSU game in 03. He's got plenty of stories from uh, from O and during the uh, the Cutcliffe era. So that on uh, on Brian's podcast tomorrow. Big thanks to Dax Barron for the super chat. Appreciate that. Uh, Webb as well. He says for a toast to three, nothing harder in life than putting your dog down. I can't tell all of y'all how great it is to have this show. Thank you. Thank thoughts on the next career for Coach O's top three: Cajun Gigolo, Crawfish Farmer, or AD at ULM. I think he's done coaching. I think he's going to go into media. That's what I keep hearing. I actually watched a good bit of Moscona's show. I've checked with a couple other people. There's been a lot of some semblance of of, of broadcast work for Orgeron, of all things. I hope so. I hope he does something that he can have some fun. Yeah, 23 for SMU is going to miss the first half of the next game. Did you get kicked out for just wearing the black undershirt? It screws up a great yeah, looking uniform. Yeah, it does uniform. screw up a great uniform. That was definitely targeting. Dodgers and uh, Braves going to bottom four. Dodgers are really using that bullpen up, though. They're going through arms. It's four to two Dodgers. They should pile on if they want to win this game. Feels like they need an offense game. Yeah. To to go down the the, the list. Got a a sneaky feeling Atlanta's going to score some runs. Yeah, I don't think they're done for the day. No. You know what? Ed Orgeron would make a great Corso. It'd be be a nice addition to that show. Coaches like Orgeron. Kiffin likes Orgeron a lot. This was back in uh, in May, so nothing had just happened. But I see on ESPN that remember uh, Texas linebacker Jake Etlinger died. Yeah. Uh, it was an accidental overdose. How they uh, how they how they phrase that today? One of Campbell's really good friends at Arkansas was one of his best friends. Xanax laced with fentanyl. Yeah, what they uh... that sucks. Yeah, one of her good friends is from that area, and they're buddies. They were buddies. That's a shame. He was 20. Uh, oh, let's see. Yes, he was 20. Yeah. Younger brother, obviously, of Sam. That sucks. Yeah, I mean, Orgeron's a character. Sure. He'd have fun. He could do some fun things. Because the Corso character, you're not going to – Find some. You're not going to say, "Hey, like Chase said the other day, it's not going to be the this guy's not going to put on the mascot head. It's going to have to be something different." Yeah, yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about it at all this morning. We were obviously busy. The six schools who have joined the American, the FAU, Charlotte, North Texas, UTSA, Rice, and UAB. It's a good get for UAB going to the American. Oh, it's a, they're. Not saying they're the big winner in it, but I feel like they're the team of that list, and I guess I could think through it for a minute, that has the best chance to really kind of emerge and become bigger by joining. It's like I just don't see North Texas doing a ton or something like that. Although UTSA's put together one hell of a football season. Grind, did I miss your call? Yo, what's up, my guy? Sorry about that. I didn't have that uh 
There's a lot of different windows that I have to have up, and I didn't have that one up, and I saw that I missed your call. How are you? Oh, you, you good, man. I'm doing good, man. I'm about to, about to get ready to step out the house in a little bit in my, uh, my, uh, my, my, my new I Heart the SEC office shirt. You know, <laughs> just came in the mail yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you should heart the SEC office. They've been good to you. <laughs> I knew you was gonna say something, man. <laughs> man, why you had to do that on that caption, man? Why you? Because <laughs> he fumbled. <laughs> he fumbled the no. ball. <laughs> <laughs> he did not fumble, man. His forward progress was already stopped, and you can't pick the man up. Look, like somebody said, like, like that, but like that's not what they called on the field. It's it's like the listen, listen, listen. It's like the corral call. It's you. They, Ole Miss fans aren't going to like this, but the call on the field was fumble. It was a touchdown for Tennessee. But it shouldn't, it shouldn't have been because Corral wasn't moving. His forward progress was, was stopped. Because he stopped moving. Because he stopped moving. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody <laughs> stopped his movement. Nobody he said, hey, Matt, you well, must stop the movement. Okay, he stopped well, moving. Was, but hold on, hold on. Matt was, stopped okay, moving. Well, hold on, hold on. Matt stopped moving because he thought he heard a whistle. And while he probably did hear a whistle from row four, it wasn't a whistle on the field. And at the end of the day, and I know most people are going to hate me for this, they blew the call. And in the Auburn game, they didn't blow the whistle. And so the defender, so the defender for Arkansas, who picks him up and strips the ball, was no. completing a tackle. No, that is not – look. Arkansas wanted to write the pick Jarquez Hunter up and just carry him around the field till he fumbled. The, the school with the farm animal on their heads wanted to do that. Wanted to just pick Jarquez Hunter up, hold, you know, walk him around the field and just shake him up and down till he fumbled. That is such a disingenuous. Uh, th- that is that is such a false portrayal of how that play occurred. Your, your next shirt, grind, just needs to be like Mark Curl's like silhouette, yeah. kind of like the NBA logo. Yeah. It's pointing in a yeah. direction. Come on, <laughs> I need like one of the little Greek statue paintings. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or a whistle, a whistle thing with like the Ghostbusters thing through it. Like yeah. there is no whistle. Well, I pay respect to Mark Curls. I make sure to put a big old shell over his private farm. You should. Yeah. You should. You. you, you <laughs> You, I mean, that's, that is Arkansas's football on the 15-yard line. It just is. And they blew it. I mean, and, and I get why Arkansas's upset. I don't blame them. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this then. If, you, if the football guys would have told Stan Pittman before the game, before he walked down into the field, that, look, man, you finna, y'all was going to outrush Auburn by over 100 yards. Traylon Burks was going to have over 100 yards receiving. K.J. Jefferson going to have over 300 total yards. And – you're going to run eight or nine offensive plays, and Auburn's only going to run six to, six to one. And also, you're going, Auburn's going to be more penalized than you. Yeah, he would have said they won. He would have been thrilled. Cause, uh, but what his one of and his – they lost qu- by 15. They got – man, Auburn owned that game and didn't even play that well, really. Yeah, Bo Nix played really well. Yeah, Bo, now Bo Nix played well, but Auburn, Auburn gave up three con- – Gave up like seven or eight conversions or thirty yeah, seven. Or Auburn's defense is really Auburn. pedestrian. I mean, as by Auburn standards, and I covered Auburn for six years. And then I was a columnist for another four. I've been to a ton of Auburn games, and this is a, a pedestrian Auburn defense. But give give Bo a ton of credit, man. He played. If Bo Nix plays an average football oh, yeah. game, they lose. He he played so well. I don't. 
I know he gets beat up a little bit by, not you, but parts of that fan base beat him up because, and sometimes he deserves it, but on Saturday in Fayetteville, he played really well on a day when had he not played really well, that would have been a different game. True. You're right about that. Which I, so, I mean, I think, you know, Ole Miss, I think it's going to be a fun game on Saturday, but I think Ole Miss is going to end up pulling one out. And I think it's going to be, you know, setting up a big matchup. How y'all, y'all, you know, I see. I saw y'all score predictions and everything, but I'm just trying to see exactly how y'all see the game playing out and everything. Ole Miss is so banged up, even worse than I thought when I put the score in, that I might have changed the score had I known a couple things now. I still think I would have picked Ole Miss. I've watched LSU enough to know that LSU's not very good. I've watched LSU's defense enough to know that had Florida not had some dumb turnovers last week, they scored 60, 70 points. Literally, they could have scored 70 points. I think Ole Miss will score a ton of points and ultimately win the game. I think it's going to be more of a shootout than Ole Miss really wants. I don't. I think the line's yeah. too high, especially at nine, nine and a half. The line's too high. And listen, I might change my tune by this time next week, but I don't think so. I I don't like the Ole Miss at Auburn matchup at all for Ole Miss. See, man, you you say that, but but if Matt Corral is on the field, I I don't I don't like our safeties. I think our safeties are probably might be the weakest link on the team. That's that's why you know that's why all those conversions. Happen. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I don't like. I said I think your defense is pedestrian, and I think your secondary kind of sucks. Yeah, like like the only reason why the defense is pedestrian because the D line is able to get after it and make some plays. Yeah, and that's they, but that's know, part had, of that's part of my deal. Fumble against KJ. And here's part of my reason that I'm a little worried about Saturday in Oxford is that LSU's defensive line has real talent. Like Smith, he's a yeah, stu- he's, he's a stud now, and and they got good players. And I'm a little concerned about whether Ole Miss's offensive line can hold up, and I think Chase is too. I'm I'm, I'm a little bothered by that, and then. Auburn gets a week off, and so let's say Ole Miss wins a shootout. That would be shootout wins over. So it would be in four consecutive weeks, it would be a physical game against Alabama, and then shootout wins over Arkansas, Tennessee, and LSU. At some point, the tank runs out. And look, Grind, yeah, I, I, I know you were – It could just be the magical season. I, I know mean, you were all be. freaked out. like that. Grind, I, I know you were all freaked out about LSU and going to Baton Rouge and winning that game and all the history – do you know how many times Ole Miss has won a game at Auburn and in, in the entire series? Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, the last like last two times they won has been in. They won in '99. Tuberville's first they year. 15, they won in '99. Right? Uh, Eli won there in 15 is one of them. In '15, they won in '15. They won in '15. Chad Kelly won over there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, man, everybody, everybody beat Jeremy Johnson. But Texas A&M, they saw her ass. Everybody beat Jeremy Johnson. But that was a historically good Ole Miss team. And this one might be two, but this... – My answer is three. Yeah. They have won three games really? at Auburn in series history. Yeah. 2003, the Obamano drop. Mm. 15, I... Chad Kelly. And 99. And 99. Romero, now, Romero Miller to Corey it's a Peterson little bit of whatever time. because they won a game in, in Mobile in 1951 and Montgomery in oh, that, 1949. No, that changes everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, no, in, in, in modern era, since they've played every year, that's it. That's yeah. all you got. Yeah. And here's the better part. Ole Miss during this – from 1993 to now, Ole Miss has won once even in Oxford. And that was 2008. 2008. 2008. That game, right? Or was it 2012? Eight. 
eight. Yeah. Man. Wait, and my wait, last wait. thing before I let y'all Ole Miss go, beat man, Auburn in eight. I don't eight. know who yeah. it was. It was one of y'all who was with me. But we had said, somebody was with me and said that Dan Mullen was going to be, like, basically more successful than Kirby at Florida. I'm trying to see who's going to step out on the ledge with me. Who's who going to be out here looking down with me? Mullen is going to be more successful than Kirby? We had, we had said that we had said that Kirby we had we had said that Dan one of us had said that Dan Mullen would be at Florida longer because you know he'll end up you know probably being more successful. God, if I said that, then I just that. apologize. I mean, I, <laughs> you, you do this enough, you're going to say stupid things, and if I said that, that was really <laughs> stupid. God. All right, man. Well, yeah, I'm uh like I said, man. Just just elaborate on what y'all think is happening in Florida because I mean, like. A lot of their fans want him gone, but I mean, they, I heard he signed a contract extension. Yeah, he's it not going like to get he's the next Mazon there. Yeah, he's not gone. I think they're going to definitely make a change at defensive coordinator. They're, they're going to pin this on what's his face, the defensive coordinator. And then at some point, he's got to win. But well, at some listen, point, he's got to recruit better. Well, here's the dirty little secret about Florida, right? I mean, you want the truth? What's up? Florida doesn't have the network that some of the other big boys no, have. No, They're no, not. Not they, I, was, I was I was thinking that man. Florida's not as Florida's not as invested in the market, if you will. I mean, nobody's Georgia. We're talking even like Tennessee, A and M. Yeah, we're talking about a bunch of people. But at, one, yeah. at one point, Florida was a better job in Georgia, right? No, at one point, Florida had two historically great coaches. Steve Spurrier won everywhere he ever went. Urban Meyer, as much of a horrible human as he is, has won everywhere he's ever went. Urban Meyer won big at Utah. He won big at Florida. He won big at Ohio State. Urban Meyer was a really good college coach. So you're saying the Georgia job, it, Kirby didn't make the Georgia job better than the Florida job. The Georgia job has been better than the Florida job. He just needed the right person is what you're saying. Yeah, the Georgia job needed somebody who could activate the network in such a way that it would be- turn the job into something that it could be. A machine. A machine. Like like Mark Richt is a really good guy, but probably not the guy that turns the, the machine on completely. The machine, mm-hmm. The machine is on right now. Um, yeah, you, you. I mean, shoot, we don't seen in the past two days. They don't got two five stars. Yeah, I mean, they kind of get who they want. Um, and this NLI thing is NIL, not NLI. NIL thing is so big, and they're so good at it right now. Like you don't. I mean, Florida's starting to get into it because they're catching up. But look, Florida's not as Florida is not as invested in the market as Georgia is. As Texas A and M is right now. Like, by the way, anybody that doubts it, Texas A and M is super invested right now. Yeah, they are. Um, Alabama is super they so, invested. They so weird, man. Did y'all see? Like, I, I put like one of the little chats that I had like copied and pasted from their message board about Jimbo and bro. When you read it, it sounds so cultish. Well, it is a cult. I mean, they they basically. He was like, he's not leaving for LSU. He didn't. He may not have realized uh, this was home when he first got here, but he he does now. Like what? They give him everything he wants. I mean, listen, if you're Jimbo and you if you were to leave A and M for LSU, it would be fair for someone to say, what do you, why? What are you going to get at LSU that you don't get at A and M? They're giving him everything he wants. And what if he says the national championship? I mean, okay, but you're getting everything you want at A and M. 
So you're saying you, <clears throat> so you're saying just basically stay at A&M because if you don't win a championship, everything will probably be all right. But if you don't win a championship at LSU, everything won't be all right. Yes. Yeah. The to, last three coaches two won titles at LSU. To a degree? Sure. I mean, what happens if at LSU someone tries to do a power thing on you? At A&M, there's no, there's no question about who's in charge. It's Jimbo. I mean, if you've got a great deal and you leave it, I mean, there's you know the old cliche, if it ain't broke, it's not broke. It's weird as hell. And it's questionable whether it's questionable whether you can do it there, but it won't be because of a lack of investment. Let's put it that way. I mean, if they Their need be, if they need somebody to say? go, hey, step up and let's get this offensive tackle an nil deal, it's done. Yeah, they, they that job is going to be interesting to see how you know how it turns into once Texas and OU join the league. It'll be you know it'll be it's going to be interesting to monitor that job. But man, I'm gonna let you guys okay. go and continue having a great show, man. Thanks, All right, Grant. appreciate it, Grant. All right. I mean, I think when Texas and OU join, it's just going to be more of a world war, if you will. I don't think anything changes that much. I think it just gets – let's go. I don't think it's – The ones who aren't doing it, you're just farther in. Andy Staples has a column out today. I think it was a column. I'm sorry. Hang on real quick. We'll get to you in a second. Um. Basically, what makes you think the NCAA has teeth right now? If you're not going for it right now, why not? Because you have some sense of morality? It's the most overused and lack of context quote is, well, they bought him. Well, yeah. Yeah, of course. Why are you not buying him? I mean, match that, find a way to match it, and then it does become about recruiting. Because well, there was a conversation about an SEC basketball coach the other day. Like, he's buying players. I'm like, oh, of course he's buying players. So? I mean, duh. Why are you not buying those players? Because Is it because you don't have the money? Because it's excusable. If it's because, well, you just think you're better than that, well, good luck when you get your ass beat by 22. Hey, who do we have? Hey, this is Gavin in Tupelo. Hey, Gavin. Uh, so what do you guys think it's going to take Saturday for Ole Miss to boat race uh, LSU? To boat race them? Mm-hmm. You got to jump on them early, make them quit, um, get them completely out of their running game where they're trying to catch up through the air. He's susceptible to making some uh, bad decisions. You Maybe you get a pick six or you get a couple of turnovers in plus territory and all of a sudden the game is out of control. And then they look around and they look at their coaches and go, and they don't care. You sons of bitches aren't going to be here in a month. I really don't give a damn. Yeah, that's true. And uh, also, how mo- uh, monumental is it to uh, for this to getting arch? How monumental is it for who to get arch? For Ole Miss to get arch. Oh, um, it'd be huge. I mean, listen, in so many ways. In so many ways, it's, it's we're not going to be the ones that do this. Um, if they don't get arch, it's a big blow. It's not right. the end of the world, and we're not going to write the column that goes, "Oh my God, that's it, shut it down." But right. yeah, it's it's a big loss. It's a he's a very high profile player. He might be the one player in college football, and he's not even in college football. But he might be the one guy that I can think of right now. Maybe there, I'm sure there's somebody else 
but who's bigger than NIL, meaning that he can get the big NIL deal. The national deal comes no matter where he's Anywhere. Like, he could get it at, obviously, at Georgia or Texas, but he could get it at Ole Miss, or he could get it at Missouri, or if he decided for whatever reason to go to Iowa State, for example, he'd still get the big NIL deal. And there aren't many guys that are like that, that, that are bigger than bigger than NIL, but he is because of his name. Right. I also think Arch could take Ole Miss to the next level, to be quite honest. Uh, he takes him to the next level in terms of NIL right off the bat, right? Like what says he has coattails. I mean, yeah, what, what kind of player is he? I mean, we'll see. I mean, look, he's still got a ways to go. If you watch him play high school ball, you can tell. He's, they're still, he's not ready to walk into an SEC lineup right now today, take the ball, and, and, and march you to a, a win on the road in the SEC. But he's also 16 or 17, whatever he is. There's, there's, there's plenty of time. But, but he does. He'll have huge coattails. He uh, – he makes your program super high profile the moment that he signs. So, yeah, there's a lot there. It's complicated, but, yeah, there's a lot there. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thank okay, you. Okay, thanks. Braves turn two. Going to the sixth. Yep. All right, a minute. Oh, that was just two outs. I'm sorry. Some reason I thought it was three. All right, so we've got uh, we've got a lot of content coming your way. Big war room in the morning. There's a lot on the um, there's a lot on the website. There's a lot on this podcast channel. Don't forget the MPW Digital pregame show. Please hit the like button. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed. And if you're not a subscriber to RebelGrove.com, we would love it if uh, tomorrow you'd hit that button. We're really close to another really big milestone that we never thought we would reach probably like we're super close. And uh, if you'd like to subscribe, it's the same price that it was when James Madison was president. So um, yeah, we'll, right, we'll take one last call. This is like last call. Hey, who do we have? Hey, it's Cole. Hey Cole. What's up, man? Oh, not much. Hey, uh, so I <laughs> wonder at this, do y'all remember when, when Edo got the job and he said he had two binders full of things he had learned and like mistakes he had made? Correct. Primarily at Ole Miss that he would get on with. Like, I really want to see what's all in those binders. Like, is it, you know, not tackling Red Bull machines and ripping off your shirt and all of the uh, things that he's most recently done? It, everything he'd most recently done, and what's funny about it is everything in the binder, or not everything, I don't know what's in the damn binder, but 19, even though he had the talent and the coachings, he followed it, and he couldn't just stay with it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, got, he got coordinators and trusted them and got out of the way and just was a sane human being. But as soon as the pressure ramped up, it went the other way. I mean, it was what Moscona was talking about yesterday on his show, and I, I kind of I, I believe him that Ed is really good when there's no pressure and there's nothing really on it per se where you're yeah. an interim or you're yeah. this and it's whatever. But as soon as it becomes the guy or the contract gets tight or something goes on, he can't follow that rule anymore. Suddenly it goes all the other way and he loses his damn mind. Yeah. <laughs> so on the same uh, line, do y'all remember when Derek Mason, like in his second year, said he found his play sheet? on what to do when, and that's why he didn't have a good season the first year. I do kind of remember that. I do kind of recall that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a really funny story. You should look back at it. He's like, man, like I've been looking for it everywhere. Like, 
you know, I mean, like wrote this whole thing like it's this this solved this saved his careers like this play sheet. Not everybody's meant to be a head coach. That's not an insult. You know, like like Ed Orgeron's meant to be a recruiting coordinator who coaches defensive line. Derek Mason's a very good defensive coordinator. Those are there's nothing wrong with that, but it's to go run a program. And a lot of times you just don't know until you give somebody the keys, whether they can do it or not. Yeah. Well, uh, Megan says hello. She's hey Megan. She's, uh, Megan? she's hanging out here, uh, watching with us. She had mentioned earlier. I think Ginger said in the thread that you know Alabama can't retire numbers because you know there are only ninety nine of them. So it's <laughs> true. It's true. Yeah. So, anyways, guys, uh, uh, Ole Miss by twenty one this weekend. Okay. Y'all have a good one. All right. Later, call. I will say this: If Ole Miss wins by twenty-one, it'll be one hell of a uh, post-game show for us. It it'll be yeah. that'll be a lot of fun. Believe me when we say that it's a, it's beneficial. That would be that would be good. That would be good. Um, all right, I've got uh, I've got something to do. That's the reason we're cutting it a little short. It's not Chase this time. It's me. It's not Chase falling asleep. It's okay. me. I know Chase is wide open, but I've got I, I've got to go help my mom with my dad. If I'm honest. So we had uh, a knee replacement today, so I'm going to go help. So uh, we're going to shut it down. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for making us a part of your week. We say that all the time, but we really appreciate it. We will have a war room up in the morning, and then uh, we'll have uh, the MPW Digital postgame show brought to you by Walk-Ons as soon as the game ends on Saturday. Have a great weekend. If you're traveling, be safe. And uh, we'll make this the Friday morning podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you on Saturday. Until then, have a great weekend. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.